0: Soak in the conversation. Welcome to the TE Speakeasy with your hosts, Steve, Eric, and Caleb. Listen in as they discuss episodes 4 to 6 of Obi Wan Kenobi. We are returning yet again for the the latter half of our Obi Wan Kenobi uh, coverage, with Episode four to six. Yeah, Steve, Steve. Uh, uh, yeah, are you happy to be back? <laughs> I talk about this series. This is horrible. <laughs> I can't. I can't go that far.
1: No, I'm I'm, oh, I'm. I'm. I'm happy <laughs> to be back. I mean, it's been. We recorded the first half. When was it? Like month?
0: Yeah, it's like August, I think. August? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: It felt like a time some some time had passed, but uh, yeah, I didn't know it was August. But yeah, I guess for the listeners, uh, so we're picking back up several months later. I mean it's November now, <laughs> you know, end of November.
0: Yeah, and correct me if I'm wrong, but the uh, I believe today was the the day that the last episode of Andor aired. Was it today or was it the weekend?
1: No, it was today.
2: It is. Yep, they chose Doctor Who Day to air the finale. It's
0: Doctor Who Day too? What is that? Yeah, what? Doctor Who Day. That's today. What is that? Is it like a holiday? What?
2: Who am I talking to right now?
0: I don't know <laughs> anything about holidays, Doctor Who, or otherwise.
2: I've never heard of Doctor <laughs> Who Day. I've known about it at least a decade. Or that's about the, probably the first time I heard about it was about a decade ago. Today's the anniversary of the first airing, the, the same date that they always show like, the anniversary specials.
0: Oh, yeah, the 23rd. Oh!
1: Oh, it is yes it is you know what other anniversary coincides <laughs>
0: <good laughs> oh no here we go
2: well i know the 1122 anniversary but i don't know about something else on the
1: 23rd but, well gfk
2: yes yeah, that I'll was 22 yes yeah,
0: yes 22 <laughs> but still GF, it's gfk a,
1: decorated that that back seat of that convertible with a new shade of pink oh uh, yeah. I, I
2: cannot even say such a thing. Yeah,
0: don't say that. Jackie's to, listening to this podcast. <laughs> sorry. No, sorry, that's Jack, horrible. Yeah. I'm sorry. She's not
1: even alive. It, Jackie Onassis died, didn't she?
0: Oh, she's, she's listening from the afterlife. <laughs>
2: it's the Theonassis oh, Schwarzenegger okay. <laughs> Foundation, like, highly um support our endeavors.
0: Yeah, I pay a lot for the afterlife uh, feed.
1: Well, wait a minute. So... I know there's a certain period between tragedies where you can joke about it. I remember as a kid with the Challenger explosion, like, I'm not joking about that. Oh, it didn't last very long. Surely <laughs> it's now okay to joke about the JFK assassination.
0: I want to talk about joking about the Challenger. Go watch Space Camp from that same year.
1: Oh,
2: dear. That, that's, <laughs> that's a cherished nat- <laughs> national treasure, Space Camp. About- Space Camp? Um,
0: unintentionally making a joke about the the accident. <laughs> no,
2: I you know I really liked that movie when it came out, and really, yes I did. Yes I did. But it was one of those movies I had never seen again until about a year, year and a half ago. It it I think I got onto Tubi or something, and they had Space Camp, and I was like, oh my god, oh, wow. that's that movie I saw you know 25, 30 years ago, and so I watched it for the first time since then, and it was. Yeah, yeah, that's not one of
0: those that holds up.
1: <laughs> Speaking about exploding on the launch pad, let's talk about Obi Wan.
0: Oh yes, yeah, jumping into uh, Episode Four.
1: I don't know if it exploded
2: on the launch pad, but uh, certainly somewhere mid-flight.
0: <laughs> uh, well, where do we begin with with Episode Four? Well, let's talk mm-hmm.
1: about what what we dropped off last time. So the first. Three episodes. We saw Vader and Obi Wan meeting again hmm. for the first time uh, since *Revenge of the Sith*. He uh, gets dragged through some fire, and then we see that Riva, who's a um, Inquisitor, has captured Leia in the kind of the Jedi underground. So, and that's where we left off last time.
0: Yeah, and we're picking up on an episode of uh, *Book of Boba Fett* with us getting a, a Obi-Wan into the back to tank. It's like half that series.
3: <laughs> oh,
1: Obi-Wan. Oh, my God. I mean, uh, Boba Fett, that's...
0: Yeah, mixed bag. Mixed bag. Yeah, yeah. Maybe one day we'll get to that. Oh, boy.
2: I don't, I don't <laughs> see it happening, even though I'd rather talk about that than this. Really? For myself. Oh, wow. Wow. For myself, yes. For myself, yes. Okay. So,
1: yeah, uh... Who is it, um... Palaa rescues Obi-Wan, and we see her drag him off, and they put him into a back-to-tank on uh, what's the planet? Jabeen is the name of the planet they're on. Yep. new planet, I think. I've never heard of that one.
0: Yeah, it's nice they're not going to like Tatooine or something like that, or or Jakku, bring out some sequel stuff.
3: Yeah, that's huh. true. Yeah,
1: and it, and we see that it looks like, like Obi-Wan and Vader have some kind of mind connection and i think at least that's how i interpreted the scene where uh you know where they're going over their conversation uh together and he's just going through the flashbacks of that conversation
0: yeah and it's nice that they're kind of continuing from the uh book of bow effect because they're kind of established there that while you're in the back to tank you just keep reflecting on like your past pains or something like that i think that's what they're trying to get across i was Oh hold on. I don't know. I You mentioned
2: mind connection. Do you mean like an like an actual they're communicating while Obi-Wan's in the back
1: to tank or what do you mean? Well, I mean like they're I think they're both thinking about the same thing. Yeah. Experiencing mm-hmm. the same thoughts.
0: Could be just a coincidence
1: or or maybe
0: not. There their interaction revived there. Hm. Yeah, again, I don't know how the force works in these these prequel era stuff. They, they I feel like they can just throw anything at me and I'll just accept it cuz I don't fully get it all.
2: Well, it's all up in the air now. I mean, between the prequel stuff mm-hmm. of any ilk, plus the new yes. uh,
1: trilogy, so
2: I mean, everything under Disney
1: is who knows. I'm sorry, I, I do not recognize the sequel trilogy. That's fan fiction. So, oh
0: yes, well that's a lot of this. I mean, I feel like the prequels themselves feel like fanfic to some degree. <laughs>
1: well, that
2: you know, yeah, that is what they should do when um, with whatever next Star Wars movie that goes forward in the timeline is they should have, like, Bobby Ewing wake up in a back-to-tank. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and the whole trilogy was, like, his dream. Um, uh, oh, that's great. But, I like, like it. never it... happened. What?
1: Han Solo's still alive? Holy It's shit. a fever dream or something.
0: Oh, man. Oh, by the way, I'm seeing O'Shea Jackson on the screen. Um, and I just saw him in something recently. What Did, what did, did we see him in something together, Eric? Did we? Uh, Ice Cube son here.
2: I don't recall...
0: Um, yeah. I can't imagine
2: what he would have come up in that we were talking about. I mean, other than like straight out of Compton or something. God, were we talking about Oscar movies for a second?
0: No, I, did he show up one of the Godzilla movies or maybe I'm thinking of someone else.
2: Oh yeah, he did. He was in, uh, he was in the, the King of Monsters.
0: Oh yes. Yes. Well, well, here he is again. <laughs> and I was kind of like, oh, I didn't realize he popped up in this show. Yeah. I I kind of enjoy seeing him, mm-hmm. but
2: I like him. But his character, like many characters in this series, is.
0: Forgettable. Well, forgettable, but. Underdeveloped.
2: Also, that's it. Completely underdeveloped. Just, hey, I know that face as an actor. And then, but there's like, what do. He is a generic rebel. Generic unknown rebel, like an NPC
1: with a recognizable face. Yeah. I mean, they gave him a backstory, it's very brief, and it's discussed in in this scene
2: yeah but see but even that that's just like oh i'm just yeah. gonna tell you this like this like sentence or two like that no like yeah. don't do that <laughs> like, a little
0: splash of color just yes to kind of paint by numbers yes yeah and we'll, we'll discuss it more throughout these episodes but i don't remember noticing this during the first three hmm. but i feel like maybe deborah chow the director maybe just isn't a great director of actors because i feel like a number of people that i've seen be good and other things come off really flat here yeah and i don't know if she's like a george lucas where it's like she's too busy with everything else and just like oh just read your lines yeah it's fine i got other things to do or, or what that is but i was surprised
2: did she actually i um, mean yeah, she did um, like, she did actually direct every episode that's weird because yeah. uh, none of the other star wars shows are like that i mean like you know they mix it up I thought I thought she was more the showrunner but I guess I'm looking
0: right well, here with, she is the director
1: well with Andor it was um,
0: Benjamin something
1: and Toby Haynes Toby yeah and then Boba Fett was done by the uh, actor he did Boy Boyd Lava Girl or whatever
3: well Robert oh, Rodriguez oh, right, did yeah. like a couple of those episodes Robert Rodriguez sure. and it. of
2: course he did one episode of Mandalorian well the Boba Fett episode of Mandalorian
3: yeah
0: yeah, I'm not a fan of his contributions to Star Wars. I don't feel like most of them come across very well. <laughs> I don't know if he's a very good fit.
2: I liked him in that one episode of Mandalorian, but I don't know about really taking the reins of one of the shows or whatever. That's Too. maybe a bit much.
1: It's kind of like Stephen Moffat in Doctor Who. He can do like these little individual episodes, but he can't run a show.
2: How dare <laughs> Absolutely. you guys? 100%. I did not come here to have to defend <laughs> Stephen Moffat for the umpteenth time in my podcasting career. I
0: uh, know. I feel bad for you these days, Eric. <laughs> I don't feel bad for me. <laughs> even Josh, even Josh these days is a muffin. No, but bachelor. again, I don't apo-
2: No, but I don't <laughs> apologize for everything he's done. It's just I also don't go the opposite direction either. Um, and look at it, it as all bad. There was a good time and then there was
1: a waning time. I think the majority is decent. Uh, Ooh, decent to good
0: i can't go that far series series five
1: it's, it's, it's a few great ones there's a lot of bad ones but most are decent going going back
2: to some of the earliest things i ever said about Stephen moffat when i first learned what his name was because uh-huh. um, i <laughs> didn't because i didn't really know who he was until until getting near the end of rtd's run i mean as a person mm-hmm. and so I, I used to say this in my first days of doctor who podcasting which is how I know... 30 years ago. How I, how I know there's something to Stephen Moffat is before I ever knew who the man was, like, when I discovered what episodes he had written during the RTD era, mm-hmm. those were already my chosen favorite episodes, not ever looking at who wrote what or who knew this, that. So, it, it like, we were a match made in heaven because all his episodes I had single... Each one I had singled out as my favorite episodes up to that point, not knowing that he had anything to do with them. So that's how you know, like it was like blind taste test. I just like connected with his style early on, and and yeah, I can be critical of his weaker stuff later. It's, it's fine, but I, but he still has a significant place, you know, in the grand scheme of things.
0: Oh yeah, yeah, he was great when he had time in a script editor, mm-hmm. but when he was the one script editing and didn't have much time. Yeah, that's one. oof. But but anyway, Kenobi. So speaking of maybe a better script editor, no, that's me. <laughs> uh,
1: so what do you guys think of the um, the inter- interrogation scene with uh, Riva and Leia? Leia on Nur. Uh, I should say the fortress Inquisitorius. Like that word.
0: Yeah, I like that too. Uh, I liked it. The first scene that we get of it. But the more it went on the more that the two performances just didn't seem to work really yeah i don't know i don't know what it was i don't know if Mo zingram was like i don't want to be too aggressive toward this kid or Mm -hmm. for whatever reason as it went on it started to feel less effective but i think this first scene at least was good with them
2: upon recent rewatch it started getting weirdly cringy for me that scene in particular why is that weirdly cringy and then also well because like there's this really dominant adult who's like sort of in the prime of of her youthful adult you know life. Uh, supposed to be this nefarious character who who still I can't f- quite figure out her particular agenda. Neva, uh, mm-hmm. um, she it, it doesn't hurt, it doesn't make sense. But um, and then there's this little precocious little girl um, who she's supposed to be interrogating. And and then it, it first so it's a weird dynamic already, just seeing like this grown adult coming hard at this like diminutive in size girl, uh, and then as as it progresses, like the um, interrogation or whatever, to almost see like the little girl almost having the upper hand. Like the whole <laughs> thing is confusing because it's confusing at the start, and then when like almost the little girl becomes like the aggressor in the situation. Like, it just gives me a headache. Like, the whole thing just doesn't... It'd be like... Okay, I'm meant to make a horrible metaphor. It'd be like if a, a grown adult sexual predator was about to, like,
3: oh, prey
2: no. on a, a minor, and then somehow the <laughs> minor, like, got the upper hand uh, of the situation. No. And then the whole thing is just like, what? What, what am I even watching right now?
0: Go watch Alita. you will see. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
2: dear. At least she has some cybernetics, though.
0: But what I was expecting was more that Reva was going to play like like the good cop. Like, oh, I'll be nice. I'll try to coddle you.
3: Uh-huh.
0: And then at a certain point, like, turn like a domineering type of person and try to like beat her down. Because that's who Reva's been throughout this show. Like, she's not a... she's a pretty hard-edged character. But they never really got there, and the few lines that she did try to do that, it kind of came off as like pantomime or something. Mm-hmm. They're like, we'll torture you. And then we see little <laughs> Leia, like, strapped up to that but, uh, take you to the comfy
1: chair.
0: Yeah, I was like, oh, no. Yeah, did Steve Moffat write this line back in 1990? Oh, uh, you guys are obsessed. Six or whatever. You
2: guys are obsessed.
0: <laughs> Go on, that's a compliment. That one was at least good. Curse the fatal death.
2: <laughs> but what is the deal with Riva anyway? And I don't know when we're supposed to talk about this because, okay, she's bad or no, she just cares about... Revenge on Vader
0: or she doesn't Let's save it. Let's save, we'll, it. Yeah,
2: save it. Yeah, let's
0: we'll, we'll, we'll get to it. Yeah. Okay. First I want to talk about this uh what was the base what did you say it was called, Steve?
1: <laughs> the the Fortress or the planet?
0: Yeah, the the fortress. Yeah the
1: Fortress inquisitorius. Inquisitorious. That's what they actually call it.
0: Yeah, that's great. Yeah. I like that. I don't know why. Just... Yeah, I like it. I like it. <laughs>
2: But it feels like weirdly on the nose and like in you know, like on the nose Latin. Mm-hmm.
0: Hey, that's that sounds like the Empire to me.
1: Okay, kind of like maybe the Catholic Church or something.
0: Oh dear, damn, <laughs> damn. Um, <laughs> but I will say, as someone who loves all things water on screen, I absolutely love this base. and I love their huge windows and seeing all like the sea creatures out there. I think a lot of that stuff is just visually uh, captivates me. Green screen?
1: Oh yeah, it's captivating. Right?
0: It makes me think of even though I hate the Gungans. I absolutely love the <laughs> Gungan City. I've always said if there was one place in Star Wars that I would live, it's that Gungan uh-huh. City.
2: Oh my god, I don't know about that.
3: <laughs> really?
0: I love I love sea life, I love watery places, so
2: I do too, but I don't want to live in the Gungan City. I mean Gungan's oh, inside. Be
1: like, and you have Boss Nass always spitting on you when he talks.
3: Oh.
0: <laughs> no, I'd carry <laughs> gonna, a, a kerchief. You're gonna,
1: you're gonna have to carry like a face shield. <laughs> your face when you talk.
0: I'll wear a bandana, and I'll. Uh, yeah. You
1: know, Brian Blessed really, I think, got into character on that one. Well, he always does.
0: <laughs> yeah, but but that is my. I, I I like the architecture of the base too. I think it all looks good. Okay. And and I have some complaints with this show overall, just in comparison to Andor, Mm. visually. Uh, But I think this base is one of the the things that comes off better.
1: Was this base? Correct me if I'm wrong, guys. I mean, you you both play video games, right? I know, Eric. Uh, I do. Is is this the same base that's in Jedi Outcast? Not Outcast. um, The last one, Jedi... I want the redheaded kid.
2: I know what you're talking about. Call and order. Yeah, I, I didn't really play that game, not much. And me neither. But my take from just seeing other videos, I think it's reminiscent of that base, but I I do not at all think it's meant to be the same base. But I think it
1: just kind of harkens to it. It it might be. I think it might be the same location, but I could be wrong. I only played the game once. <laughs> I recommend it if you guys haven't played it, it. Surely you can get a cheap copy on Black Friday. But uh, it's it's recommended, but uh, I only played it the one time, quite honestly, so I don't remember the story clearly.
0: Oh, but uh, continuing the plot a bit, we get uh, that that character, Tala. Mm -hmm. Yeah, she's using her Empire credentials to try to sneak into the base, and then Obi-Wan's going to try to swim in as a kind of uh, dual-pronged attack to to get Leia back.
1: Did you guys like the scene where uh, Tala is at the station? and she's being called away by a, a, one of the officers, and she leaves her mic or her comm link oh. on the desk. It's, it's kind of a, a throwback to episode four, and Luke is trapped oh. in, the, um, in the trash compactor, and he's like, it's 3PO, 3PO, where can he be? <laughs> that kind of situation. I, I like that. I thought. Well, I thought it was a callback. What did you guys think?
0: Yeah, no. I didn't think about that, yeah. I was groaning that she left that there, because I was like, is this one else going to hear it? And... <laughs> even early on when she like first sat down she's like i'm in and there was someone like sitting right next to her i was like away right? from that person hearing this what's going on <laughs> so just moments like that oh by the way
2: steve you are correct canonically speaking it is supposed to be the same location as the video game
1: okay yeah because it's in the final level where you fight vader oops spoilers
0: oh my oh now i'm not gonna play it fuck <laughs> no, actually, I will because I love all the underwater stuff. Hopefully, I can swim in it.
1: Yeah, <laughs> if you, you get you actually get to play in that base.
0: Oh, that could be fun. Yeah, I've heard mixed things about that game, but I am interested. At some point.
1: Oh, what would you guys think about finding that snow speeders were initially used for towing sewage?
3: Uh...
0: Did you catch that line? Oh, no. I, I think I missed that line. Yeah. <laughs> but
1: why do they have twin blasters on the front, no, forward-facing blasters? That seems weird.
3: Well,
2: I. Mean... I th- I, I don't know. I, I, I've seen, like, Star Wars 3 videos before before any of this stuff, like uh, Kenobi series, that mm. I've seen people go into the lore and suggest that speeders, those types of speeders, were civilian crafts that were, like, adapted um, for combat. And this is, like, in people's, mm. like, made-up headcanon, like, lore. So I guess they're supposed to be considered, like, a retrofitted type vehicle. Uh-huh. Um... For military use,
1: yeah, maybe dual purpose for multiple tasks. Or
2: something. Yeah, but I don't know. When you bring up the speeders in this particular episode, it, it's it's a terrible looking effect, um, in my opinion. It's one of the worst uh, that we've ever seen, especially in the modern era of Star Wars. But if you watch when they when they come to the sort of like the rescue, the unexpected rescue. And they actually fly into the hangar. If you watch that scene, like, there's a cut. uh, Like, if there was no camera cut, you can only assume that the speeder is about to crash into the wall. Like, they look like they're (laughs) literally going right into the wall, and then there's a camera cut. And, like, the perspective looks all wrong. Like, like, they're just like, they look like they're flying into the wall. And I don't understand it, and it bothers me, and it just looks awkward and, and bad. Um, I, I don't I don't know who could have approved of that that little effect scene.
1: I don't think we discussed this but I know I saw something on YouTube talking about a similar issue uh, so on on the fortress inquisitorious there's a a squadron or stormtrooper like like marching mm-hmm. and they're on their current trajectory path of their march they're gonna walk straight into a wall uh-huh. like there's no they didn't turn or anything. They're just walking straight, and then the camera cuts. Yeah. It was like, like they didn't plan that room out, maybe on the green screen or something.
2: I think they maybe cut and pasted a lot of the additional troops and people like in certain of those scenes. So I think that's what they did. They just copied and pasted you know, little platoons. And I think it... Yeah. You know, that's another thing that... that, that I can't remember if I was watching that scene or another scene in this show... It might have been that, when, when, when Kenobi and What's-Her-Nose were like, oh my god, I don't even like that either. Like, the way they're escaping and they stick out like a sore thumb. But anyway. Yeah, right. That whole that whole business <laughs> when they're trying to walk out and keep it cool before the speeders show up. And no one
1: notices until they get to the very outside. Yeah. It reminded me of when I was a kid,
2: elementary age, and maybe you experienced these too, Steve, I don't know, but if you remember, they used to sell... Um, like different kinds of sticker books and things for kids in the 80s. And some were actual paper books with little stickers. And they were all branded like He-Man, G.I. Joe, Transformers, whatever, popular cartoon or whatever, Star Wars. And some of them were actual paper and stickers. Some of them were like these um, laminated sheets and you had these things that were like stickers. Yes. But you could like replace them. You could like move them around the scene and stick them different places. I do remember those, yeah. Yeah, and looking at that scene, it reminded me of having one of those as a child, and just having all the little stickers of like um, stormtroopers and officers, and like someone had just been sticking them like all over like just like the matte painting, and just like putting them wherever you want to put them. It just looked really busy and like nonsensical to me, like those things I used to do
1: as a child. So maybe J.J. Abrams had his hand at some of the uh, more oh dear visual effects.
0: Yeah, and I do want to discuss yeah, some of the visual effects issues and some of the blatant like standing in front of the volume scenes. Like especially in the the climax. Some of that stuff it just stuns me.
1: Standing in front of the volume?
0: Yeah, the volume, they uh like replacement of the green screens where they would just have a big screen, kinda of doing like back projection. Mm-hmm. instead they have Yeah, I can't
2: uh... remember if we brought this up with you, Steve, but all the star wars series up to now and much of and much of the more recent marvel stuff um they use this technology called the volume
1: oh I, i'm sorry yes 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 okay yeah oh you're right it's like that a big surrounding screen yes right okay i'm sorry I, I yeah
0: did. and we'll get to some of that stuff but I, I do think it is particularly just off in this series i don't know if it's partially and i, I guess we'll get into this now too hmm. I don't know if it's in some way a reaction to this artificial grain that they put all over the screen i don't know if we talked about that in our first episode but i think this this fake grain is just a poison right now in films and tv shows Hmm. like sometimes they do it where they'll take digital film they'll print it on celluloid and then re-kind of scan it into digital that's what they did for doom yeah and they've been doing that a lot um, but for these TV shows and some of the cheaper like horror movies that are supposed to look grainy, I'm pretty sure they just use some sort of uh, grain filter.
2: Yeah, I'm sure and they
0: just toss over top of it. And I just think it it looks terrible. It it doesn't make it doesn't compliment CGI effects. It especially looks terrible in in dark scenes. I was to say was there oh. a particular
2: scene that you noticed Because I didn't actually notice it that much. I know what you're talking about, but I didn't notice it much when watching this series. Is there like a particular scene I should look out for?
0: Oh, yes. We'll get to it. I didn't really
1: notice that. I I, I mean, when you say that, I I think of Rob Zombie's uh, The Munsters.
0: Oh, I'm sure he's been using it a lot, too. Yeah, Yeah, we'll discuss it in the next episode and a little bit in the last one. It'll come up a lot more there. Um, But for this one, we haven't talked about uh, kind of the big, pivotal moment where Obi-Wan discovers the Jedi tomb. Yes, yes. That's a big moment.
1: What, but we don't know what that means. I, I don't know if this is going to be something referenced in the future. I hope so. I think it's been referenced in the
2: past. Um, just... Hmm. Well, why are they collecting? Not necessarily in the mainline stuff. Well, because when I was trying to verify this Fortress Inquisitorius, um, the whole Wikipedia article kind of explains. Um, this This location was actually first introduced in 2018 in what was then considered the canonical Star Wars Darth Vader comic. That's the first time they mentioned it and then they show it in the video game that came out the year later. And I guess um, the whole concept of this place was... um, This was a place that wherever... So the Inquisitors, this is their base. The whole point of the Inquisitors is to find um, lost Jedi and younglings and things like that. And whenever they capture someone, they bring them back to this base. They they um, they interrogate and torture them. And I guess they try to change them over to the dark side. And then I guess with those that, that they fail with, they just store, I guess, put in cold storage. I'm not sure what the purpose of that is. I don't know. Um, I remember a lot of people when this aired, at the time that this aired, a lot of people were starting to connect it in with some of their other... Star Wars theories connecting to the Filoni verse. Because in the Filoni stuff, you know, there's this whole thing about clones and collecting DNA, and there's some through line of like the Emperor's working on some type of secret project. So when people saw this stuff here in um, Kenobi, some people were connecting it. Like, Like, the way the Grand Theory works in general is. The Emperor is looking for Force-sensitive peoples um, and maybe collecting them so he can extract something from their DNA. Don't know if that means midichlorians or what. And then eventually, going forward in the Star Wars timeline, I mean, um, you see it connect to those, like, super troopers that that we see in Mandalorian, Um, those, like, hybrid cyborg-like troopers, which is supposedly a combination of things. But then some people even connect it going to the distant future, well, Rise of Skywalker, where we see all those like failed Snow clones, and then of course there's the actual clone of the Emperor. So some fans kind of feel like this stuff is somehow loosely all tied together. And there's other strains of this if you watch um, the Bad Batch, um, Clone Wars, mm. like, like there's. Some elements of some kind of weird, and even Grogu and his origins—at least what we've seen in *Mandalorian*—people oh, believe hmm. this is all somehow connected. Um, so yeah,
0: yeah, that's interesting that that would be in this, considering Filoni doesn't have a uh, right, like writing or producer credits,
1: right? Hmm. But surely they must. Surely they, Deborah Chow must like talk to them, talk to other.
2: Well, she worked on the she she directed episodes of *Mandalorian*. That's where she got her into this, you know, universe.
0: And after all, it's all produced by Kathleen Kennedy. Maybe she does have a secret overarching plan (laughs) to flashback to our earlier discussion. Even
2: if they fire her, there will be some clone left behind somehow in her stead. The Emperor Returns. Oh, God. Someone that that she's pulling the strings for.
0: Yeah, three years after she's fired, we'll all discover a message. You're like oh no, she's returned somehow. God, that oh Rise of Skywalker, God. But um, <laughs>
1: uh... <laughs> I'm sorry, I just had to say it. I hated uh the uh, Last Jedi, but Rise of Skywalker was absolutely the biggest piece of shit that I. I'm sorry.
2: Uh, last oh. Last Jedi is much more big piece of shit for me.
1: It wasn't good, but I think compared, I think the. Uh, Rise of Skywalker was absolute turd. It was a turd muffin with extra peanuts.
0: I agree with you, Steve. The only reason I enjoy Rise of Skywalker more is because it's, it's at least funny bad. Like, when I was in the theater, I was the only one, but I was having to hold back my laughter the whole way through. I was like, oh my god, I can't believe this movie. It just keeps getting more funny. So
1: <laughs> ridiculous. No, I
0: was,
2: I was so broken by Last Jedi that the half-hearted attempts of Rise where they tried to resolve some things... Yeah, kind of made things better, and then the things that were offensive in Rise itself, because I was already broken. Um, like, you know, oh man, I just want to make a make a really horrible reference, but I don't. Oh, here, here we go again. I don't know if your audience can handle my more.
0: Oh, we already got a horrible one from you earlier, if you remember. <laughs> no, this is
2: much worse than that.
0: Yeah, let's skip past it, maybe. Let's just say uh,
2: the censored version of what I wanted to say was. If you're already used to certain types of sexual torture, then there's other things what? that Jesus later bro. are neither here. Hey, that's the censored version. Um, once you use certain things, then other stuff after the fact, it's neither here nor there at that point.
0: Wow. Well, well, Steve. I, uh, I don't you know, know what to say. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, speaking of uh, torture, uh, tala interrupts Leia's torture scene, thank God, because that was... Again, I didn't. Yeah. I, I thought it played kind of silly a little bit. Um,
1: <laughs> oh, did you like the, I, the scene where? So yeah, she gets distracted, gets pulled away from the, the torture scene, and and Obi wan he goes like all ninja, uh, you know, because there's two stormtroopers guarding Leia on that chair. And I don't know. I thought it was pretty cool. He's Coming yeah. up out of the dark and just taking dispatching those two troopers.
0: Yeah, and I think he has a, a cool scene later in that that tunnel as well. Oh yes. Um, but I did wanna I did wanna mention this scene when Tala comes to Reva and she's like trying to convince her that she's uh, discovered a secret kind of pathway. I, I think they call it the path at least. The path, yeah. Yeah, discovered like their secret roots. And then Reva has the line where she's like, Well, unless you're lying, of course. And just something about that line reading I was like, Hmm, maybe get her to do it again. That line reading did not <laughs> it didn't come off right. I just really yeah, and I feel like there's a bunch of those in this these last three episodes. You
1: just don't like Moses Ingram.
0: Oh, I love Moses Ingram. I think she was really great in the Queen's Gambit. She was a standout star in that series. I thought. Huh. Not but, here. Yeah, not here. <laughs> no, <laughs> and I—that's why I blame the director.
2: No, there was a certain standout in
0: that. Uh, in, in what? 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 Oh, Queen's Gambit. In the Queen's
2: Gambit. Yeah, I, I couldn't get past the, the main star
0: to, to know. Oh, Annie Taylor Joy. Yes. Yeah, she was she was great in that, but she'd already kind of showed that how great she could be. For me, Mois singer was a because I was so surprised by
2: Okay, that's interesting.
0: Yeah. And I was especially surprised when I discovered that she played the adult and the kid role. I was like, Wow, she she completely convinced me that those were two actresses. But but anyway. Yeah, they they essentially are like, Okay, Talib, like we don't necessarily trust you, so we're gonna arrest you. And then speaking of the the stormtroopers How Obi-Wan's fight with them was pretty cool. Her fight with them, I was kind of like, man, these Stormtroopers, like... What are they, like, mall Cops? Why are they so incompetent? I was like, you might as well just bring back the battle droids, because, I mean, these guys, they're just as as dumb and lacking in any sort of ability. (laughs) I was like, oh, oh dear. I was even thinking maybe they are droids under that armor. I don't know. I never heard them talk. Maybe they put the battle droids in there.
2: (laughs) I don't know. I... I'm just, I'm generally, when it comes to this series, going to file that under the heading of, there's just, how can I say, sloppy things in general. Or lazy, maybe. Lazy, what, it, writing? Things or? feel sloppy, lazy in in general, as it pertains to this series, uh, Kenobi in particular. Uh, so well, I'll say with the,
0: the Stormtroopers, that's a consistent issue. I mean, beyond the, I mean, I think it started in Return of the Jedi, but ever since then, they're, whatever the enemy kind of drone fighters are, they're just so incompetent and dumb. It's just like, well, ah. Like... You're
2: right that it has been a stereotype, and this doesn't help that stereotype. But no. without stepping on the future, uh, I mean future and what's to come out after this, I, I think some of that gets turned around in, in the following series.
0: Yeah, but that was the exception. That was like, oh, crap, I've never seen stormtroopers or these guys this competent. It was a shock.
2: <laughs> you reminded me of something else uh, that I noticed in this episode, or I'm especially noticing now. I, I noticed it the first time, but watching it now on my screen and when I was re-watching this episode the other day, it, it, it's under the same heading of, I don't know if it's lazy or incompetent, um, but like this base and seeing like um, the interior and also the interior of whatever um, Darth Vader's flagship is at this point in this series um and then seeing the officers, and then not only that, but seeing the way some of the rebels the rebel pilots looked, the speeder pilots. Mm. There's something about the aesthetic in this particular series as it pertains to all those things I just listed, where they look like to me that they'd fit more in with the Mandalorian or future trilogy timeline. Where they don't look yeah. like they're ten BBY, ten years prior to to um, a New Hope, like they look out of time to me. They look like they're post Jedi, and and that like bothers me. It's a it's a it's a weird inconsistency in the production design. I think. Are you talking about the Death Troopers? Oh, no, I'm talking about all those things I just mentioned. The interiors of the sh- of the Imperial ships, the way the officers look, the Imperial officers, the whole interior of the fortress. Uh-huh. And I'm talking about the rebels who we see, like the ones who are piloting um, the speeders, mm. their helmets and whatnot. They look like Poe Dameron-era helmets. They don't look like mm. Empire or pre-Empire Strikes Back. Um, so all this stuff like visually looks to me like it should be occurring in the Mandalorian timeline or post-Mandalorian. And the fact that it's supposed to be 10 years prior to A New Hope, it, it doesn't jibe well for me. Um, and, and mm. just kind of like so it, it, it's just something else that takes me out of the Star Wars realism um,
0: <laughs> I can understand that especially with the Rebels I can definitely see that with them and I was even wondering post-Andor uh, I was like where do these guys fit into this Rebel network are they a part of it?
2: which guys?
0: Uh, the Rebels that we see in this series That's. Mm-hmm. I was like are they just I wonder that too or are they just on their own?
1: Well, yeah, because there's fractions. Yeah, I mean, nope. Saagorera talks about that in Andor. That's no, fair. no,
2: there's definitely factions. But okay, if we want to include what we know from Andor now on this particular subject, I agree. It doesn't. It's weird now because because even though there were factions already existing, it seems like nothing really comes together until the time of the Andor series. So to already see this amount of rebel activity or organization now feels jarring and also like oh. and also something else that's happening around the same time um is the stuff in the solo movie and there's that mm-hmm. whole whatever they were called um, that whole group oh the pike syndicate no no the the quote-unquote rebels in solo um I'll, I'll tell you their name they have like a weird name the one with the the, the girl who wears the mask who's not revealed to the end of the movie
1: yeah, she's got the freckles, the red hair. Yes,
2: but her whole group is some type of weird, yeah. like pro-rebel faction as well.
0: I remember there was Crimson Dawn, but I think that was the yeah. Darth Maul.
2: Yeah, I think yeah, right. Darth Maul. Um, I'll I'll tell you what they're called in a little bit. Just keep talking.
1: Well, let's go back to that that scene that Caleb referenced, uh, mm. where they're, they're the the tunnel where the crack. You know, Obi Wan yeah. is on his escape and a blast, uh, kind of a miss flaster fire uh, cracks one of the windows and so he's got to prevent uh, you know that from shattering and drowning everyone
3: mm-hmm.
1: i i thought that was really well done i thought the special effects were pretty good on that as well i yeah. didn't see any problems what'd you guys think of that
0: yeah i thought that was mostly solid and i like to see obi-wan kind of having to use the force to to protect them because he's been so weak with it this this whole sh- show so far right. So I thought that was a good, uh, a good advancement. Because
1: yeah, he had disconnected himself.
0: Well, I think that was the
2: purpose yeah. of the whole scene. I mean, was to show him finally embracing the Force for the first time mm-hmm. in the yeah. series. Um, I think it's an okay scene. I think it's fine. Uh, I mean, I it all makes sense in the in, in this series and I, I get what they're trying to do. It's okay. Um, I do also like, I think someone else I listened to likened it to like the anti version of, of of Vader's um, assault at the very end of Rogue One, like it's like the opposite version. You know, Ugh. it's, uh, oh, it's... E- exiting instead of coming
1: towards. But Obi
2: One having his moment, like of showing like his his power against like a squad of um, stormtroopers and seeing like what he's capable of. You know. Um, really using the Force. Um, it's So it's almost like a, a mirror of, of Vader at the end of Rogue hmm. One. Interesting.
1: I didn't think of
3: that.
0: Yeah, I definitely would have never thought about that. Yeah. And
2: I think it fits, too, like because in Rogue One, Vader's obviously being super assaultive, whereas this, as the way you guys just described it, it's more of a defensive thing. It's more of a, you know, it's the opposite. Uh, trying to
1: repel... Evil. well he tells anakin like the forces to protect life not take it right. right of course yeah which is in the next episode
0: yeah, and this is a stupid uh this is a stupid comment but i did like when we finally see all the stormtroopers like pushed up against the the flooded hallway there
1: <laughs> and they're oh when it floods and they're just floating
0: yeah they're floating and i'd like to see all the fish swimming around them i was like oh i like <laughs> that there <laughs> Oh, but talk about stupid. You, you wanted uh, to
1: see Jar Jar, like, doing the breaststroke.
0: Oh, I did, <laughs> like, yeah. <no. laughs> I wish that woman would have been trapped and pulled out that little mouthpiece thing <laughs> so you could breathe.
1: Misa like to swim, too. Oh,
0: boy. <laughs> yeah, that, that group in Solo, they were known as
2: the Cloud Riders or also called Emphis Nest Marauders. Emphis Ness oh, was yes. the name yes, of the girl. Yes, yes, yes. Um, and uh, that was all taking place... Approximately one year prior to these events in Kenobi, like in the grand Time. Interesting, okay. But see, not to get bogged down with that solo stuff, but the aesthetic was a lot better in that movie, in yeah. terms view what I was talking about. Like it fit more in, like it seemed like the aesthetic of the clothing and technology, whatever, seemed more appropriate for 11 BBY versus this mm-hmm. being 10 BBY.
0: Yeah, well, you know, I can accept that the things are different in different sectors. I mean, this path maybe they only operate here and maybe they only operated for a few years for the empire shut them down. Yeah.
2: The only way if I if I was trying to, you know, make this fit better in my head, mm-hmm. the, the only way I can come up the only thing I can come up with is that because this inquisitorious faction is supposed to be like the um the the empire version of that thing in Star Trek the section whatever what are they called
1: section 8
0: 30 31 oh what is it it's
1: not section 8 oh that's, that's
2: it's
0: not that. section 8
2: section 8 means something else in texas
1: <laughs> yeah that's right sorry <laughs>
2: <laughs> what is that um oh, god I, I think it's section 31 or something like that um
0: yeah i'm looking it up
2: <laughs> yeah section 31 and so the way they portray section 31 in whatever iteration of star trek whether it's enterprise or the, the the paramount stuff whatever they always have this weird futuristic look because they're this weird covert faction that's not supposed to really exist that's the only way i can justify some of this inquisitorious stuff is if there's some secret faction within which they are within the empire so whatever they have like weird whatever they're different that's it that's that's all i can come up with i still don't like it but that's the only
1: way i can Try to management, manage it in my brain. So, what, one of my favorite scenes in, in this particular episode is actually at the end. When Vader comes storming through. Once he finds out Obi-Wan has escaped with uh, the others. And he comes and just goes towards uh, Re- Revan. I'm uh, not Revan. <laughs> That's Reva. And um, basically Force chokes her. He's pissed. Yeah. And I love the dialogue and, you know. In that, I thought that was a really great kind of cliffhanger to, to end the episode on.
0: Yeah, no, I liked that moment, and and that's my struggle with this episode. Is I think in I think overall this is actually somewhat of a bad episode. Yes, I do. With a lot of good moments. It's
1: one of the shortest ones too.
0: Like I think, uh, especially I think that the tide turns after that tunnel scene when we see Obi Wan. Huh. He's walking with Leia under his jacket, and it's like no one's gonna look at him standing there and think that that's just a man I was like how is this like this just feels stupid and maybe that was the only thing they could do but it just doesn't look right and then we get the kind of stupid confrontation with yeah Reva and them and that whoever that uh, was it uh, the fifth brother I forget what the actor's name is I mean that guy people complain about Moses Ingram but I think he is just I mean he feels like a cartoon I, I think he's just terrible in this show the fifth brother, fifth brother, yeah,
2: yeah, but it, it's so not his fault.
0: No, I, I don't. Just like,
2: just, like, just like I don't think it's Ingram's fault.
0: Yeah, no, it's what they wanted, but it just, it's, it, it. This, this whole episode, I was like, this should have been an episode of the Clone Wars. Uh, this does not feel yes. like it's live action.
2: Yes, you're right about that. It super feels like a Clone Wars episode, um, like a lot of the Disney stuff, the series stuff, um, which is which. I know usually that's supposed to be a good thing. It's like the Clone Wars. This is like one of the not great things about the Clone Wars. Uh, when, when things seem like rinse, repeat. And speaking of rinse, repeat. Yeah. yeah. like the concept. of this episode sounds cool. And I think when it was just like in teaser mode, like before the actual episode aired. I think some people were kind of excited just from seeing like the next time trailer or whatever. And like people were anticipating seeing this base in live action for the first time. Um, mm-hmm. But upon seeing it all now and reflecting on it as i mentioned in our last conversation you know they had already kicked things off with kidnapping leia and kenobi had just rescued her and then god damn it she gets kidnapped again what no and i mentioned this i think last time and i hate this like like rinse repeat like um you know, it's it's stuff that they used to do to fill time in Doctor Who, in classic Doctor Who. Hmm. Get captured, get free, get captured again. I, I'm like, what? There's only six episodes. Is that the best we could come up with, you know what I mean, to fill up time? Um, like, that's not no. cool at all. Um, and then this whole base that's, that's supposed to be this big old thing, this big secret um base it's literally underwater so you would think this is like a pretty airtight or watertight facility um i guess pun intended um and then to just dispatch it all like to be in and out like nobody's business so quickly so easily like it just it just feels like a huge slap in the face um like to someone who's an invested viewer um and, and so it feels like a weird letdown all the way around in my opinion
0: yeah again there's there some good moments like I do think that scene with Vader and Riva works well and I do like all the the underwater settings and Obi-Wan sneaking around kind of a flashback to uh, Star Wars 77 but yeah the, the whole thing once you get to the end it's kind of like eh, that didn't really feel like a piece of live action Star Wars something about it just felt too easy performances were just weird and not quite right and yeah i don't know it just it left a bad taste in my mouth this episode
2: i know we're doing this episode by episode but but spoiler alert you're gonna hear a lot of the same things as we get into like the next remaining episodes (laughs) at least for me oh um uh there was something else i was about to mention um oh speaking of the vader scenes in this episode i was watching it earlier i i mean i guess there's some good dialogue but I think we mentioned this in the last last time we talked, um, how they're not actually using James Earl Jones anymore. They're using um, like mm-hmm. uh, like a digital version, uh, like a yeah. digital version of... And I don't know if it's just me or because I have that idea in my head now. Because now I feel like I'm becoming aware of it. Because um, I was like really, really focusing on all the vader dialogue now having that in my mind and i feel like but see this might just be something in my head where now i'm feeling like it's just like a a digital recording or like a digitally manufactured i don't mean the, the sound i mean it sounds it doesn't it 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 feels like it's missing a human element you know it's just i want you to take out The trash, you know, like that. Just it's just like a a composite. Yeah, it's his voice, but there's no nuance to the actual acting, is what I'm saying.
0: Yeah, and I I feel like that's an issue with a lot of even the human actors doing it. And I don't know if you guys got this, but I started to be like, some of these plots and some of these performances, and even some of the visual aesthetic feels like as if I was playing a Star Wars video game. Like the scene when they come into the base and. Uh, O'Shea Jackson comes to meet them. The way he's just uh, walking in, and I was like, I could feel this being a video game cutscene. Like, but I don't know. <laughs> Maybe that's. I, I, I
1: sadly agree with you. Yeah, I think that's a modern problem with all film today produced. Today. Whoa.
0: I don't know if I'd go that far. <laughs> I'd say a lot. I, know, I would. I, I wouldn't
1: say all. <laughs> uh, the majority of it.
0: What about Antor? I mean, the, the whole
1: like the whole. I mean, just let's stay within. Our own own backyard here, but with like one of the reasons I hated uh, Rise of Skywalker, it <laughs> was it was like it was like it was it was basically a video game plot to
0: me. Hundred percent.
1: And I, I, I this isn't me coming up with this. I've heard this idea from others, but a lot of people are like, "We got to get the one thing to solve the next thing to get to the next thing, get to the next thing, solve this puzzle to get to the next thing." It's like this. Ever growing, and then it's like all—it's it, everything happens so quickly in these jump cuts. It's like a
0: video game. And then you have CGI Carrie Fisher, who looks like she could be a, a video game creation. I know um, what
2: you mean by video game, and in terms of like the structure of the story, but in actual tone and feel, I wouldn't say it was a video. game. To me, it was more of a like a young adult novel, um, type of feel, rather than an actual video game feel. In actual tone and feel of actually watching that particular movie
0: but oh i felt the video game quality absolutely um
2: it it the reason i don't say that is because even a video game doesn't have that speed um like even a video game um if that was an actual video game plot line storyline it i would expect it in a video game that that has a duration of like 25 to 50 hours you know so they would like really parse it out but because it's so incredibly fast paced it's more like a young adult like quick read novel to me um rather than because even a video game would take its time a bit more with the fetch quest the, the
1: fetch but, quest <laughs> yeah the, that was what that was the word I was looking for
2: yeah but the breakneck speed of it makes it not seem like that to me um Unless the video game was literally like two hours long,
0: that's why it feels like a video game script where they just scrapped all the gameplay and just cut down to its bare elements. Like I feel like that opening of like Palpatine's back, we all receive this message. It feels like a cut scene at the beginning. of a shitty video game. <sighs> it's like oh,
2: the, I know we're not talking about Rescuer, but you guys keep or Steve keeps forcing it. But <laughs> the biggest, <laughs> oh, the biggest baby, thing that bothered me yeah. about that movie initially, and it's still one of the biggest things that bothered me overall is that all that shit that happens in that movie
1: makes no sense like
2: it all happens i can't remember now because i haven't seen it in a while
0: yeah this is crazy but
2: it all happens like in the course of like 13 hours or something yeah. like from the beginning of the movie till the conclusion is like 13 hours and and i was like i remember when i came back to work after that weekend and i was talking to friends who had seen the movie already like me that was my biggest gripe because i was like do you know how long it takes to get shit done like at work like if like how you just like start on a <laughs> right. project and already like 4 hours has passed and you haven't even done anything and right. all that shit in the movie all the multiple planets all the go here go 13 motherfucking hours how even if you could literally teleport to every location one after the other even if you had that power 13 hours to like get into this festival go to this water planet and then like, amass, like, the biggest fleet ever to, like, show up for the final... Right. Like, people would still be asleep, like, in the galaxy in different parts before they even realized, like, what was happening on the other side of the galaxy. Um, it's it's completely mind-blowing. 13 hours. Like, it's, it's insane. It's completely insane.
1: Well, it just shows that, you know, uh, J.J. Abrams and Chris Ter- Terrio are i'm not
2: a spokesperson for them in any way but i still feel they kind of did the best um with what they were getting and they were not supposed to be the people to make that movie initially I remember it was supposed to be what's his name uh i think um uh, oh god was it the godzilla director oh.
1: no he's like jurassic park I
2: thought. uh yeah maybe jurassic park i can get the. But yeah, it's supposed to be a completely different person to do the third movie. And then, and then yeah, they call back JJ just as like a um, Hail Mary because uh, they were scared about everything.
1: So to jump back to Obi-Wan, one of the final things that we find out is that... Uh, what's her name? Um, Reva. She plants a tracker in Lola. Oh, that's what I was
2: going to complain about.
1: Yeah, and that was very reminiscent of... Now I I like callbacks, but this callback reminded me. Uh, I thought it was a callback back to uh, when Vader puts a track, or somebody in the Empire puts a tractor on the Millennium Falcon to, you know, track it back to Yavin Four. It is
2: a callback, but the problem is, if you've watched Clone Wars and all these other things we've been mentioning, Mm -hmm. this has been done to death in Star Wars, and for that to be like her little, like when she's about to. You know, be taken out by vader oh but wait guess what i did this thing oh get the fuck out of here like oh i just i just can't i can't this is the thousandth time it's happened in star wars i
3: just can't
1: and i love it that when lola turns evil her little eye turns red she's a sith or something that's how you know somebody's evil in star wars they have red eyes god forbid (laughs) if you're an albino It was depressing. <laughs> what, Dale Dino comment? Or... No, this
2: this whole thing. This, I mean, this, this oh. thing about the tracker. This, I mean, they, yeah. they're born
1: like that, Eric. It's, <laughs> it's dying.
0: Yeah, and the tracker thing only gets worse as the show goes on. Yeah, So yeah, we'll discuss yes. that when it returns. Cause...
2: Please, <laughs> let's go to the
1: next episode. I'm dying. <laughs> oh. Okay, yes. Yeah, so episode five. We start off in Coruscant with a uh, not-quite-de-aged... Hating Christensen as Anakin. It worked
2: better the first time I watched it. He looked horribly old when I was looking at it today. <laughs> wow,
0: that's just me. Yeah, he has a
1: 5 o'clock shadow. What's going on? Like, could they not have smudged that out somehow digitally? They could have. I, it's weirdly... Like, dude
0: has literally a 5 o'clock shadow. <laughs> it is weird. Yeah, I don't want to be too cruel to him, but yeah, I was like, wow, they managed to de-age you McGregor pretty good. But they just—I don't know if they're like, ah, fuck Hayden Christensen. We don't care about him. He's not a star.
1: <laughs> I'll, I'll be quite honest. I—I I was never a hater of Hayden. Oh, me neither. I thought he did a great. I—I I enjoyed. Have we reviewed that yet?
0: Revenge? No. No. <laughs> okay, Still waiting.
1: Or, or, or I guess spoilers. I liked it, but um, I, I liked his performance in, in *Revenge of the Sith*, and I was happy to see him return. Quite honestly, I was very excited to see him. I just. I felt like they could have de-aged him a little bit better. If maybe they, I don't, know, maybe they didn't even do that. It looks like they didn't even do it at all. But
2: they should have. Yeah, just just to not make it so jarring. But I was
1: ha- I was happy to see him back. Quite honestly,
0: maybe he maybe he refused. He's like, I'm still youthful. Come on, what do you mean? I'm old. I'm too old to look like Obi Wan. I look the same.
1: No, honestly, he
2: looks great in real life now. But not if you've just watched any of the prequel movies. You, you can't like, go back-to-back back like that. But, I mean, but here's the thing. Like, you know, you're saying you're happy to see him back. I was happy to see him back. Happy to know, because, you know, they they hyped it. They pre-hyped it. Hankinson. yeah, would return. And that all sounds good on paper. Um, but it, it's just... It's the whole thing with this whole series. Like, it's... Yeah, those things are cool. But but they're surrounded by Drek in between. Uh, and I mean Drek in all the different ways, oh. like writing, plotting, you know, all that other stuff. It, it's just like there's these, yeah, these little things you like, these little nuggets of goodness, but they're, when they're surrounded by Drek, it, it feels almost like disrespectful or harmful to the thing that, really? that drew you in. Well,
0: I feel, uh, I don't know about Drek. I mean, maybe I'm in a different boat than you, Eric, but I still feel like this, this, Obi Wan series overall is better than any of the prequels. Like I think this feels a lot more competent. The the prequel movies. Yeah, prequel movies.
1: I can I can see that. I can
2: see that. Oh no 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 no! I don't agree with that. (laughs) I don't agree with that.
0: It's got a lot of the same issues. I just feel like overall, it's not nearly as aggressively bad as those prequel movies are. And so.
2: Oh, I don't know. I don't know. That's that's
0: a. I don't know. There's nothing as bad as Jar Jar in this. There's nothing as bad.
1: No, that's true.
0: As the light switch change of uh, Anakin to Darth Vader.
1: Well, Lola's a, the annoying character to me. No, the... wait. Say
2: that. That was the last thing you said, Caleb.
0: Uh, there, there's nothing as bad in this as the light switch change from Anakin to Vader. Like this,
1: light switch
2: change. I, I know what you mean. I. He means like when he he, when he makes that
1: turn to the dark side, that
2: hard yeah. turn. Oh, okay.
0: When he suddenly. Is just one hundred percent a Sith when he was. It's well, like he woke whoa. up
1: on the wrong side of bed that day. Apparently, no, yeah.
2: I, you know, even that, even though that is clumsy, that doesn't. I guess that doesn't offend me as much as it does you.
0: Oh, it's the reason I can't. That's the reason that I hate the prequels. I feel like if they had got that right, I could have accepted it. But I feel like they got it so wrong. I
2: think it's a very. I, wow.
1: That's a good point. I think it's clumsy, but it it overall still works. Well, Lucas wanted Anakin to be this hero and he couldn't figure out how to turn this hero into <laughs> one of the most evil villains in the film. I mean, mm-hmm. he couldn't do. I agree. it's like a light switch. It's
0: Yeah, and we'll discuss it. I I felt,
1: I felt I felt like he went from like, okay, I you know, I just laid Natalie Portman and now he's like, oh fuck, she's pregnant. Goddamn, I'm going to kill every kid I see.
0: Oh, yeah, he even brings <laughs> the Jedi's there. He's like, Oh, you Jedi guys! Uh, I'm pretty sure I just discovered a Sith Lord. Oh, the Sith Lord just killed them. Well, I'm you know I'm on your side now.
2: I guess another reason
0: <laughs> oh, we'll save this. Let's save this. <laughs> I don't want to spoil. No, that. I
2: guess another reason my opinion is tainted on this particular point is because when you do watch the good episodes of Clone Wars, etc., the ones that matter, especially the more recent, some of the more recent stuff under Disney that that's in Clone Wars lore. I guess that stuff taints you because. When you see some of that stuff, it makes it less like a light switch when you go back to the movie. And that's part of the the amazing thing at Clone Wars is how it it changes your view on the prequel um, series. Because you see more of the in-between steps. Um, Like, man, I I don't even want to comment on it because it's it's not even like a month old. But some of that Tales of the Jedi stuff. um, And that stuff is so short in runtime and so brief. Yet it, it fills in so much of that to where you're like, no, it totally makes sense that Anakin did this. But that's because, again, my, my, my interpretation has been skewed by all this Clone War stuff that it doesn't feel like a light switch. It feels more like, um, what do you call it, those little volume toggles, like more gradual because I've seen all that other stuff.
0: Yeah, and I think I'm just too much of a sequentialist. Like, even with, with Doctor Who stuff, like, I, I can just never accept the fill-ins. I feel the same with Star Wars. I always feel like, well, yeah, that stuff came afterwards and they put this in, but that only makes this thing good. It doesn't, make the re- doesn't retroactively make the other thing good. That's how I always, I, I just can't escape that viewpoint.
2: Oh, I'm, I'm not like that. I'm, I, I'm, I guess I'm the opposite. Because then I do take it in as, like, fi- finding, like, a lost tape or something. And then going, oh shit, oh now this like changes like the view, just like for instance, like um, now every time I start watching A New Hope, I always have like the end of Rogue One like in my mind, like every, I, I, that, I I can't I can't separate them now like it's completely written into my mind, um and and it changes everything, for me for the better. Wow, that's interesting
0: yeah i definitely don't have that and that's
2: just one example like it, again this obviously works for me with all these other things too
0: yeah when you watch raiders are you thinking about uh oh i I loved Obi, i loved uh indiana jones's journey to he used to be fortune and glory and now he's uh let's put in a museum
2: i'm all about it you just need to take um what's his name out of everything uh uh
0: do you think about Indy's, uh, like, his old French uh, buddy from the, uh, the, the yes Young Indiana Jones? I do love
2: that guy. No, I do love all that Young Indy stuff. No, you just need to take, what's his name? I can't think of his name. Shia. You just need to excise Shia from anything um, Indy-related, and I'm down with everything else.
1: <laughs> well, the next movie's about time travel, maybe you'll have your dream come true Oh, there. wow. No, but oh,
2: not anytime really? recently, Caleb, but I literally would think about that French guy and stuff um, <laughs> when I would watch Indiana Jones post-Young Indy. It's true,
0: uh, but but I guess let's get to this episode. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, we we get this kind of uh, device of Obi Wan. Actually, it's Vader who is constantly flashing back to this interaction, this uh, this sparring match that he had with uh, Obi Wan.
1: Yeah, and it's peppered in through the whole episode, so it, it, it's kind of explaining why why Vader is attacking a planet before like doing any strategic, you know. Uh, sieges or anything like that, because uh, c- we learned that about his fighting style and Obi Wan's <laughs> fighting style, and and it's just it's just a neat way. I, to me, it was a neat way to to flash back to to the prequels. I know Caleb,
0: but um... <laughs> but I will I will say it's yeah I think the device works and I like that we get a spotlight on Hayden Christensen. Mm-hmm. that's really the only spotlight we get for him. Mm-hmm. But I do th- I do question is it, it's meant to be Vader kind of reminiscing and remembering this as he's coming to confront Obi-Wan but why doesn't he learn a lesson I mean maybe I'm jumping to the end too quickly but I mean that's he ultimately makes the same mistake again if he was thinking about this sparring match in particular you'd think he would have taken a lesson from it
1: well that's why Obi-Wan says and that's why you're still a Padawan because you're not learning you're still too aggressive
0: yeah I guess yeah I guess yeah maybe he's like he's like stunted his growth
2: and that's the way they try to justify what would otherwise seem like an incongruity, and a new hope. Because that's another thing everybody was saying at the time about this series when it came out. Um, but how does this wow. work? How does how could they have another duel now if, in a new hope, he says, last time, right, you were the master and I was but a learner. And everyone always took that to, to mean they were referring Mustafar, so how could they have this fight? But it's because of the stuff that y'all just said that somehow we can mend like... Our interpretation
1: of the line in A New Hope. Oh, yeah. they they, 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 they Yeah, they had a few things that kind of fix A New Hope in a way. The only thing they did not fix in A New Hope, which, knowing George Lucas and knowing that they've done it and fans have done it successfully, you can watch YouTube videos, is the Alec Guinness and David Prowse fight in A New Hope. It's mm. so... It sticks out like a sore thumb compared to all other lightsaber battles, including Empire, Jedi, prequels, everything. It's I mean yes, it's Alec Guinness, who's I don't know how old in this seventy something. Uh, David Prowse, you know he's in a big heavy suit, and and the way they fight is so clunky and so slow and, and just I don't know it it, I, it doesn't bother you know, me it doesn't bother me that much. See, I would have liked if they somehow or another said, okay, it, it would have been easily retconned. I don't, and why they didn't take the opportunity to do so. by saying something, or implying something like, you know, whenever Vader gets a new suit, he's got to adjust to it. You know, because there's, there's, there's a, there's a, what, what do you call yeah, it? Yeah, it's all
0: stiff. He's got to stretch out the leather. No, no, no.
1: Like, like you need to re- recalibrate the, I don't know. I mean, you can make up anything, it's science fiction. And you could say Obi-Wan was just, you know, he was so wounded from their, their last battle that he just was not able to, to move around like he could. So you could mm. you could explain it that way, but if you're not going to, which is with the opportunity to do so, which I thought they were going to for this, then then redo it. <laughs> I mean, honestly, they had Han shoot Rito. I mean, I'm sorry, oh, Greedo shoot no. Han first. You put, you put a really horrible looking job of the Hutt in. And a new hope. You did all that shit, but you couldn't fix the one to me the most glaring thing that needs to be retcon, not retcon fixed. Yeah, hey, I think all
0: those, all those things, all those apparently uh, corrections or mistakes don't don't further the mistakes by changing that scene. I think that'd be jarring.
2: I mean, they. I'm, pr- they, I'm pretty sure they fixed the sabers at the very least in the, in those scenes.
1: That too. Yeah, because they they're using. Uh... Oh, trust me, they were way
2: worse before. In, yeah, they were in worse. Yeah, but. I, I'm sorry. I'm okay with it. I'm okay with the New Hope. Like I don't, it it still works for me. You're right. It does stick out. It does stand out. But I'm I, I'm okay with it. I will say though, it's not Obi wan the himself, but it's more the stuff that we've seen with Vader in the newer stuff that is starting to make it less believable because he is such a badass. Um, like in this and in Rogue One, Vader in particular. So that that's making a little bit more difficult but overall though i'm still okay
0: with it that's part of why i thought the rogue one thing was so weird it felt so like not accurate to the vader character that we'd seen up to that point the reason that vader could take on luke and like basically walk around him wasn't because vader was such a big tough like a duelist it was because luke was so inexperienced like we never saw vader like leaping around or you know, the thing that we kind of see in Rogue One or, or this series, it just, it almost seems a little fake. Well, yeah, he's so powerful. He's leaping
2: around in Rogue One. Oh, he
0: was basically, he was, he was jumping on the ceilings, he was doing the, <laughs> the jig. <laughs> no, I know he wasn't. He
1: was doing the jitterbug, yeah. Uh-huh.
0: Yeah, him and, uh, what was her name? Uh, <laughs> no,
2: no, keep that, that is one of the greatest Star Wars, and especially newer Star Wars scenes ever, as far as I'm concerned. That particular oh, no, one no, pretty no. much
1: saved the movie in my mind. Oof, no, no.
2: Wait, what what'd you say, Steve? I said it pretty much saved the movie. Oh, I thought you said something else. Yes, I agree with that. Well, I, no, I already liked the movie, but for me that was just the, the icing, the cherry on top of a movie I already liked. Yes.
0: Yeah. Well. well yeah. Maybe back to Toby one here.
1: Yeah. So Lola's gone evil, um, and so they go back to uh, was it Jabin? plant you and they're going to make their exit plans from that planet of course now Vader and uh Reva are, are close behind uh but in order to get out the the hangar bay doors uh close and it's because Lola cuts them she's gone evil and she gets into the uh back of gremlin she gets into the the air ducts and she you know screws around um yeah so now they're trapped and uh who is it uh, they they the Empire land on Jabin, uh but they but yeah they're screwed so what what happens next i forgot i i hate to say that
2: the previous episode we discussed in retrospect mm-hmm. feels like a, a filler episode to me it didn't seem like it when i was watching it the first time but in retrospect mm-hmm. it seemed like a filler episode and then having said that Oh boy! If you thought that was a filler episode, you ain't seen nothing yet. Because oh yeah, this one could have been <laughs> in fifteen. Because mm-hmm. this is an even worse filler episode, like to stack on top of one we just got out of. Um, so this is just terrible. This feels like such Damn. padding, and and doesn't seem to have any other purpose than to be padding. Which, by the way, going back to stupid Last Jedi. Um, Oh, see, so it's Steve that keeps bringing
1: it up. Uh-huh.
2: No, 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 but going back to stupid Last Jedi, and this isn't even one of the most egregious things in Last Jedi, but it's still on the list. <laughs> there's a yeah, lot Last of there's things it. way worse than this. <laughs> but one of the things that bothered me about Last Jedi, one of the lesser things that bothered me, um, was that, okay, so we just had the first movie, and yada-da, that all happened, Force Awakens. And now... Um, three-quarters of this movie is just them trying to escape from their base, like, in the first movie. That's kind of like three-quarters of the plot. Um, and that's all it is. Like, what? What? Why a whole movie just on that? Um, you know, it'd be like if three-quarters of A New Hope was them just trying to get away from the Death Star to Yavin 4. If that was three-quarters of the movie. Wouldn't make yeah, any sense. And then that's what this, like, What? Like, how did they just escape the last thing, and then this is just more escape? What? And like Stupid Last Jedi, part of the issue in that escape is that the Empire has a way to track them, and that's the whole reason why we're stuck in this, like, vicious nightmare. Um, And, Mm -hmm. and, oh, like, the only reason this is happening is because that stupid tracker, and, and it's just, hey, we got out, and then, oh, we're just joining up with these refugees who have been stuck here for months already? What? Those people have been there for months. It doesn't seem even real or plausible that they've been there for months. The, the other people there, like it doesn't like it's it's unfathomable. Um, and then, oh god, I, I don't even know. And 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 like it's all seems like it's on the cheap. That it's all supported this whole episode by special effects because you just have like uh like a cavern hangar bay chamber and that's really all there is because even the outer chamber outside the doors where the empire lands even that is just doesn't even look real at all none of that looks like a physical set it looks all volume um so yes this this is oh god this is filler in the worst way and again you only have six episodes why would you need a filler episode when you only have six episodes to begin with um this is terrible
0: yeah that's that's why I'm so curious about the origins of this. Cause we all know that this production started as a film. Yes. Could they have, was this the script that they were going to use the, the movie no. for and they padded it? Cause that's the only way that it makes sense in my mind. So it,
1: it, it went through, it, it went through a lot of rewrites. Kathleen Kennedy, uh, supposedly had problems in order rewrites, even up to the very last minute when they announced the Obi-Wan Kenobi, uh, program on whatever D 23 or something. uh then and they're like oh yeah we're ready to go we're, we're doing it we're starting filming and then Ewan McGregor came out a month or so later saying oh no we we stopped we stopped filming they're doing rewrites
2: well well wait can't
1: both the things you're saying be true <laughs> well supposedly the original script was gonna it was gonna involve Luke Skywalker not Leia oh wow yeah so it was gonna be an adventure involving Ewan 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 <laughs> and Luke uh, sorry Obi wan and Luke um. Uh, but Kathleen Kennedy supposedly I don't know where this came from but Kathleen Kennedy did a gender swap and wanted Leia instead
0: well I think it works better with Leia so that's probably the the better choice
2: I think it, yeah. it's terrible both ways but
0: yes of course I think it,
2: <laughs> but I think it would make more sense in the grand scheme of things if it was Luke even though I don't even like that
1: idea at all
0: no no I don't think no, so I, I, li-
1: I like that and the actress who played Princess Leia I thought uh, Vivian Blair. Um, I, I know she's done other things. I, I don't know off the top of my head without looking it up, but I thought she did a fantastic job. As I, I thought, she, she sold it for look me.
2: her individually as an actress, as a little girl actress, she's amazing. But it's I none of this is her fault. These the people making the decisions. <laughs> <laughs> the... you... wait,
1: wait. okay i think eric did not like obi-wan i'm just
2: gonna... no
0: he's yeah he's made it very clear he's not a fan. this is not her fault this no is it's not no wrecked. she
1: is
2: an individual portraying this young leia is all fine and dandy yeah it's the people yeah. who decided to do this and the people who wrote yeah. the framework of the story and decided to take our characters where they decided to take them i mean physically and um uh literally and figuratively um they're the ones who have mucked this like every which way that I cannot stand it. She's a delight, as far as I can tell.
1: That may be part of the problem. There may have been so many rewrites going on. Yeah, that like that, like the sequel trilogy with all the rewrites. It really affects the production. And I mean, I, I think when you have that kind of issue where you've got last-minute rewrites, it just Maybe maybe it's harder for the the actors to kind of get in character because mm. you know one maybe one script they're supposed to act a certain way and another script now their portrayal is different you know I don't know I'm, sp- I'm speculating
0: not to mention like confidence in the project like if you're not fully committed to like what you're doing or feel like you have a creative vision behind it yeah maybe you just do like a paint by numbers performance because you don't really know how know how to even get into the vibe of the show
1: see. Well,
3: and I definitely... I, maybe we should say this. I'm oh, sorry. No, you're,
2: you're fine. fine. I, I, <laughs> so now, I mean, I'm, I think we're all in the same place. We all have all these ideas coming out in our head at the same time. Yeah. Uh, and maybe this should be discussed in the third or sixth final episode of this whole series discussion. But I, I make this comparison a lot with this and other things I've mentioned in podcasts lately. And I always use this comparison to, like, musicians or artists, bands who make, you know, albums um that you can tell the difference between uh an album by a band who like their heart and soul's been into this album, they've been putting it together, they've had this idea for 10 years, they've been working it out, you know, all these songs had a purpose and a, they fit somewhere in this album concept and and they and they release that type of album versus the oh shit, we need to cash in on something. Hey, get some writers, get some songs, we we'll get you guys in the studio that you know The organic versus inorganic type of production, like y'all can y'all have heard it before, or you can tell an album was just pushed out. I mean, I'm talking about the days when we take music seriously because the whole modern music industry doesn't work like this anymore, except for
0: a few exceptions. Oh, Eric, (laughs) you don't even have to go to music. I mean, this is Stephen Moffat. Oh God, five versus series six. (laughs)
2: Yes, I. That's where I used the comparison before as well, where was when I was talking about Stephen Moffat, his first series run. That was like that band like pearl jam or nirvana who had like their grand like oh, initial yeah. album thought out and here it oh, is i
1: love moffett's first season yeah i think that's one of the best seasons of dark ooh well in new who.
2: and then you go all right let's follow up your super famous first pearl jam uh um nirvana album and now what else do you got oh shit, what else do i got um and then yeah that's exactly what happened to stephen Moffitt. um and this is something that was just like, hey, let's. This is a cool idea. Let's just freaking do it. Um, but it, it's not complete, and the fact that it, I'm sure it had many multiple rewrites. And by the way, this is probably the same problem that happened with the solo movie as well, because um, that had wow. that was our that you know was a lot of things happened with that movie in post, and the stupid Jedi shit we were talking about earlier um, with Rise, um, and these things were all affected because yeah, they're like constructed by committee well, that, people in yeah.
1: well and then right rise of skywalker because eric keeps bringing it up <laughs> um, is is notorious for doing having last minute rewrites and reshoots literally yep. weeks before the theatrical release
2: yes and it had a matt smith ectomy i
1: no one does that
2: i really feel like that movie would somehow be better if we could see the matt smith version
0: of, uh, oh, I doubt it. I, I think it
2: would it. have been better.
1: Oh, yes. That's right. Matt Smith was supposed to be in it.
0: Would have been longer. I
1: wanted to see that so bad. I was so excited when I found out Matt no.
3: Smith.
2: It would have been better. I think they should have gone with that. I forget what the reason was. Uh, because of the rewrites that happened, it became extraneous. And because they changed the direction of big, big plot points, it, it made it, um, you know, meaningless to have Matt Smith anymore in the role he was supposed to fill.
1: Watching a, a full season of Honey Boo Boo would be better than oh re-watching... God. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, no. Skywalker.
2: Steve, were you
0: a Honey Boo Boo fan? I feel like this used to come up a lot in the tavern.
3: No, I'm not. I'm not a <laughs> and, Honey Boo Boo fan at all. And I can't
2: remember because all the rumors on this series are all mixed in my mind now with all the other Star Wars rumors. But I, I, cause I heard something about that whole thing about it possibly being Luke 2 and the original concept for the movie, um, Kenobi movie, was to have like Uh this kenobi like out you know on the edge of of the galaxy toting around this like young luke but i think um part of why they didn't want to go that direction was because of course that's what mandalorian was doing Mm. uh, already Mm -hmm. and if you watch bad batch there's an element of that in that series as well like holy effing crap we can't do it a third time and this is just within star wars But this has become like a big trend in like other things too, because I can't think of all the examples outside of Star Wars that are Wolverine. Yeah, exactly. Logan. Logan was a big Mm. one and there's others. I just don't have them on the tip of my brain right now where.
0: Yeah. God of war or God of war. God
2: of war. Yes. I wasn't thinking about that one, but that is one. And then there's other movies. I can't, the last of us. Okay. Yes.
0: Somewhat. Somewhat. Yeah. (laughs) No,
2: definitely last of us. Um, it's just there are some other recent movie examples like, I can't think of
1: Crystal Skull. Um, no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm
0: kidding. Anything directed by Shane Black?
2: Who's <laughs> Shane
1: uh,
0: Black? A director of uh, the Lethal Weapon films or oh, uh, God. Die Hard. Or... Oh God,
2: are we gonna start mentioning like? <laughs> oh,
0: sorry, not Die Hard. Starting not Die Hard. The Predator. <laughs> the Predator. Do you thinking. want to mention
2: Three Men and a Baby directed by Leonard Nimoy?
1: Did Leonard Nimoy direct Three Men?
2: Yes.
0: he started this trope. Yeah, all the way back then.
2: He was hot. He was hot shit in 1987.
0: Don't you know? As a director, I did
1: not know he directed that. Okay. <laughs>
0: Kathleen Kennedy was his understudy. And that's where oh, she learned all this.
2: <laughs> oh, no, not the Kathleen Kennedy. No, it wouldn't
1: surprise me because she was she was she was producing back then. It wouldn't surprise no, me. No, you see, this
2: is actually a Kathleen Kennedy passion project where you see she envisions herself as like little ET in Steven Spielberg's like BMX. And see, that's where it really started. And so that's how Kathleen Kennedy so this this series is a retelling. Of, of her origins in the sphere of Spielberg and Lucas. She is actually Baby Leia. This is based upon her as a precocious oh. young girl.
1: Probably. <laughs> well, here, well, well, no, there are so many films that I enjoyed from the 80s that her name yes. is attached to. I did oh, not yeah. know this until maybe the last 12 months. Uh, I, when I started watching films and watching credits and stuff, I'm like, holy fuck, there's Kathleen Kennedy's name. Yep. Why the fuck is her name in this? Yeah. Because she was assistant producing or some some shit she her name is all over the 80s and 90s
2: Yeah, she had a big career she envisions herself as young leia and kenobi with spielberg and these are just stand-ins for like her origin story
0: yeah and if you guys were big fans of jurassic park back in the day i remember watching the jurassic park bonus features and she's all over it she's smug she's talking about Oh, you know, I'm kind of the la- liaison for Steven, and I'm kind of taking over this project. She was smug as hell even back then. She
1: would have stuck her <laughs> hands in the, in the dino poop. Stuck her head in the dino poop.
0: But hey, and, you know, she, with Jurassic Park 3, she delivered a better Jurassic Park sequel than Steven Spielberg did with Lost World. She did She
2: did three?
0: Which sucked. <laughs> yeah, she did three. She was basically the one running that production. Joe Johnston. I, know that.
2: Oh, I like three now. I hated it at the time. But that's another complicated... Conversation. We're at the table, of that Caleb. Yes. You can't just say those things like in a drive-by. <laughs> he likes to do that. Likes to ch-
0: oh, it's in a drive-by. <laughs> yeah, I do do that.
2: He likes to chuck out these major things that we don't have time to address.
0: I do. I, I yeah.
2: <laughs> Caleb Grenade.
1: Let's get back to Obi-Wan here, gentlemen. Um,
2: Thank
0: you. <laughs>
1: so we learn a little bit about Tala. We get her, her backstory mm-hmm. uh, while they're discussing getting ready for the Empire to break into the, the base and um we find out she actually dies in this episode sadly she dies and she takes most people including she her. dies in everything she's in
0: yeah i remember you said that yeah she's the new shack t i remember you saying that
2: <laughs> yeah she died in that first episode of torchwood um she had a, a very satisfying death in game of thrones so yeah
1: she's this person who yeah she she, <laughs> she thermal detonates herself
0: yeah pulls a vasquez you always were an asshole, Gorman.
1: Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. That's, that's, that's hadn't thought of that, sure.
0: Yeah, I thought it was really weird when she said that line. She was, I was like, "He's just Gorman?
1: Sorry, that, that's, I'm laughing more than I should. But uh, but we find out that Ben and Reva also make a connection. We, we do find out that Reva was the young girl at the beginning of
0: episode. That was not
2: a
1: shock in any possible no. way.
0: Yeah, and I was curious no. for you, Eric. Cause I remember in the first batch, you were talking about how Reva the Bad Batch, kept like uh, <laughs> maybe that those first three were the Bad Batch. I don't remember <laughs> if we liked them.
2: Wait, what did I say about her in the Bad Batch?
0: No, <laughs> no. In the first three episodes, oh. uh, you were saying how she was like too much of a detective. She was discovering stuff that she shouldn't. Oh, have. right. She was like connecting dots too quickly. Right. Did you think Obi Wan was connecting too many dots here? Did it make sense for you that he would uh, put this all together?
1: I honestly don't remember our, how I felt about I don't I assumed I he was doing some emotion like some force mind reading thing.
0: I wondered that too. Yeah. Which I thought she was doing early on in the show too, so maybe that's why I was on that wavelength.
2: I really don't know what to think about that question. Like, I really don't know what the hell could have been going through Kenobi's head with all this. Cause does that seem like an obvious idea from his point of view? I mean maybe so. I,
3: I
1: well he said like how did you know Vader was Anakin no one should know that? You would have kept that a secret. And he's like, Oh, you were you the only reason you know that's because you know who you were there, Order sixty six.
0: See that part I thought was weird. I was like, You just found out that he's still alive. Why would you assume it'd be a secret for all these force users on the dark side? Like maybe Anakin's training them, he's like, Oh, let me tell you about my time as a Jedi student. They were all sucky. The Sith <laughs> are the better ones.
1: <laughs> I don't know. All sucky.
0: And he doesn't know either. I—that's I, why I thought it was like, uh, I don't know about these dots connecting. Hmm. They feel a little odd.
1: Well, it, to me, this is where Riva's kind of like her—her her, what's the word I'm looking for here? Her arc, character development. I don't know arc. Yeah, what, where it's going? Because now she's evil. She's going to. She doesn't make know, she's any sense. Slaughtering people, and now she. Now we find out. Oh no, not really evil. She's. You know, really trying to get Vader, even though she's been alone with Vader already. Uh, But she's trying to get Vader to get revenge on her family, the other younglings that died on that day in Order 66. Order 66. Yeah. And uh, so, actually, she's not really bad. She's just, she wants revenge. Well, I guess that's a Sith thing. So, I don't know.
0: Yeah, she's bad too, but just in a different way. Like, she's just driven by wanting to murder this guy. And she'll kill anyone. She wants vengeance. She'll kill anyone that will boost her reputation in order to get to Vader. Right. And it makes sense now why that she would pick Obi Wan, since they have such a personal connection. She found the person that would draw him out. Right.
1: Where? Because she, she said, like, where were you? Yeah. Where the fuck were you? Why? Why were you not here protecting us instead of riding a lizard, fighting a robot with with eight hands?
3: And
0: well, that and she knew that this was her ticket to get close to Vader. She went after Obi Wan and discovered him. Vader would come out in order to kind of deal the final blow himself. And then she could deal the final blow. Alright,
2: are you ready for me to say some more terrible things?
0: Yes, I'm... No, please. Yes. Feel free to cut this all out of the <laughs> podcast.
2: I won't take any offense. Okay, I don't want to sound like, again, this is directed towards the oh. actress or anything like that. Who plays mm-hmm.
0: Just Oh boy. Just
2: speaking about the character as presented in this series. The stuff you guys are talking about is obviously kind of stuff I've already been thinking about in my head independently mulling over hmm. and just even hearing you guys talk about it just continues to make me think what I think now which is that <laughs> she's utterly worthless as a character Reva? Yes because she makes little sense because of the things you guys were just talking about um, like her, her, her compass as a character I don't mean moral compass I just mean compasses in direction makes zero it's just spinning around and around like it doesn't make any really? sense. Yes, it does. Yes, it is. Oh, I disagree. I, I, I do. disagree entirely.
0: You,
1: you, <laughs> don't, you don't think it's
2: confusing? I I, 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 it, it doesn't make any sense.
0: No, I don't think it's. I have no
2: sense of up and down, um, within her personal struggle of like her own in what way? In her personal goal, like what is going on? Oh, okay. It's so. Clear. How do you like? like how do the? Know- okay, please tell me how it's clear. <laughs>
0: Go ahead. Yeah, she, I mean, she's been her whole purpose ever since she was a little kid was to get revenge. Yes, and why is that? And she, because she says it. She's like, "Oh, you know, the Jedi took my family. Okay, right. and then you you killed my only family that I had. The Jedi. It was like the ultimate betrayal."
2: So, the, so okay. I'm already getting I'm already getting woozy, just from this.
0: How? <laughs> How is that making woozy? Because she was already mad,
2: and I and I just want you to say it out loud so we just have it like We're on paper, mad. so to speak, in front of us.
0: Are you a fan of revenge films? This is a very common plot in revenge films. Yes.
2: Yes. Yes. (laughs) Revenge films, yes. But not when the compass is spinning around in a circle. Okay. It's not spinning. So (laughs) you started off by saying she was already mad because the Jedi took her away from her, like, birth family. Okay?
0: Yes, which they do say. And
2: then, and now she's doubly mad because then Anakin killed her, like, adopted family? Yes. Okay. Continue. I just want to be clear.
0: Yeah. And so they they don't actually give us any information on how she got involved with this inquisitor kind of training camp. It it, it makes that, it seem I can do
2: the I can do that math on my own.
0: Yeah, it makes it seem like they just they just discovered that she was a force user and took her in and then she discovered I guess she already knew who Vader was somehow. They don't connect those dots.
2: And so now but all again, her focus is on killing the guy who murdered her second family. And okay, yes. And then, like, does she know nothing about him? I mean, Anakin, pre-Sith, like, I mean, does she not, or is it just because she's only revenge-minded that that he too was like, in a way, taken from his family more than once? Not even just by the Jedi, um, but even before that, um, and
0: again yeah no that's in in terms of the tropes of the v- revenge drama or revenge uh genre i should say no they don't care what the motivations were for the character all they care about and all they're driven to is the goal of seeing that person dead
2: and then so, in getting to her goal again then she's even willing to like kidnap a girl from her family herself in yeah a, no fuck this like I, this is all extremely. We've been
0: discussing. No, this no. Right I now. know what you're saying.
2: I know what you're saying in like the revenge genre, but it's it's yes. too much to me that this character, because even in some better revenge drama, a character would be conflicted of doing the exact committing the exact crimes of like the person they're going after.
0: But we see that she is. That's why at the end, when she goes to kill Luke, she sees herself. That's her final revelation.
3: Spoilers. Jeez.
2: But again, this... Sorry, it's... Yes, right. No, it's fine. But again, this gets to why... Again, she's pointless. She's pointless. And this is why her compass is spinning. Because she doesn't make any GD sense. Vader or Anakin, his arc makes... Even though that's... Even though we just... You just said it was clunky uh, in the prequel movies, the light switch. This... This terrible. is even worse. This is worse. This is—I would argue—this is worse than his turn to the to, to the dark side because
0: this actually makes sense, though.
2: I, I I disagree. I think the Anakin turn makes much more sense than Riva being all over the map.
0: But how is she? Uh, explain how you think she's over the map, because I I mean I think it's a pretty clear line. They just don't tell us till the end.
2: Because then it doesn't make sense for me if she if she's so like a terminator like a borg like a cyberman on her mission then when she does like relent in the next episode that's why i say she's pointless because it, like if to be so diehard and then to pull up at the end it doesn't make none of it that's why i said she's spinning around it doesn't make any sense like she's i don't know what she is indeed i don't know if she's chaotic neutral chaotic evil i don't know what she is she's just doesn't make any sense at all
0: that's so weird no it was Obi-Wan that made her he he kind of finally put it to her like you know, what, do you, what are you becoming if this is what your goal is look at all this damage that you're doing and so that then she starts to think about when she's trying to kill Luke like this poor little kid innocent kid like her
2: I suppose I suppose if, if I could have spoken to Goebbels in World War 2 I could have turned him around if I could have just chosen the right words
0: well, I was, I was thinking about our discussion, and maybe this explains why you didn't like this thing either, but I saw The Devil. What I think is one of the greatest revenge films, and I remember you not liking it all.
2: I didn't like it. Well, I was lukewarm to it, but I'd much <laughs> rather watch that than this. That's for damn sure.
0: Yeah, that's another story of someone who becomes so driven by revenge that the things that they do are potentially worse or just as bad as the what the cause of the revenge was. Like, he becomes himself... An absolute villain.
2: Well, I'll give you a better example of it, but it comes in Star Wars in a future series we're going to talk about. I think there's a much better example of that in that mm. Andor series.
1: What's the whole premise that you become the thing you
0: hate. Yes,
2: yeah. but that is well done in Andor, the thing we're not going to talk
3: about
1: too much right now.
0: But I just think... Uh, right,
1: so let's get back to... Let's get back to uh, go ahead. But
0: so. sorry. <laughs> yeah, just I, I, I think it... I mean, to say that it, it feels... Um, I mean, pointless, yeah, this this whole show is ultimately pointless, in my opinion.
2: Yes, I agree with that. I agree with that so much.
0: I don't see what it informs going forward, or what it even really adds in itself. Agree. But in terms of the Reva character, I don't see how it doesn't make sense. And I also, especially now having completed the show, I think that the complaints that people saying that this is the Reva show, it's not even about Obi-Wan. It is the Reva show. That just seems, that seems especially cartoonish to me. Hmm. I mean by far he gets the most screen time. By far the stories about him. She's just a side character. I don't see how it's the Reva show. That just seems like an over exaggeration.
2: It's the Reva show because she's no one important but 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 she's the protagonist. A exactly.
0: No, no, she's I would not I would definitely not say she's a protagonist. No, I,
2: okay, I wouldn't say she's the protagonist. I wouldn't say that. Then who is but she, she is almost treated like a protagonist, which is why I'm upset. No, Obi-Wan.
1: Yeah, Obi-Wan is the Well, no, I mean, I'm sorry, not the protagonist. Antagonist. What's
2: the
0: opposite? Oh, antagonist. Yeah, the she antagonist. is the
2: antagonist. She's
0: the antagonist. Yes. No, no. I don't I don't think she is. Yes, she's I do either. think she is. I think she's just another victim. And she's going about like it's kind of Obi-Wan's confronting his own part in creating this victim and she's they're both kind of focused on Vader in their own different ways. We just don't discover well, it till the end.
2: Ultimately, Vader is the protagonist. I mean, antagonist, she's...
0: Antagonist, yeah. He's the ultimate villain.
2: (laughs) Antagonist. She's like the subtagonist or something, and that's what I'm getting upset about because she is a nobody. She should be a nobody. She should be an ancillary character, but she keeps like showing up way too much, and and we know... No, 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 no. Because there's something really wrong about the way she's included because she is not actually the protagonist or antagonist, it's like why is this other person so prominent here? Because, like, I I don't know how to explain this. Like, I don't, I don't have like the the, the proper literary words to explain. Like, it well, doesn't make sense because well, she gets so much airtime um, and so much um, uh, focus for someone who is not literally the protagonist or antagonist, and that's part of the problem.
0: But she's also the. Well, I don't so- know. Sorry, Steve. Go ahead. <laughs>
1: No, I was just going to steer us back to the
3: episode. <laughs>
0: okay, then I'll quickly say this. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, Steve. <laughs> but this is this is a common trope, especially among the prequels. I mean, you look at the the kind of prominence of Count Dooku. What was the value of that character? Almost nothing. Then look at General Grievous. We spend a lot of time with him. He ultimately adds nothing either. I mean, this is just the trope for these kind of... They want to have a secondary antagonist. Okay,
2: You're correct to a degree... And it's kind of like Snoke in, in the new stuff, um, th- those guys yes. you mentioned. You're, you're kind of right. But that being said, even though they were like, they're almost like MacGuffin characters, I guess. Um, and and you're right. Yeah. She is a MacGuffin character. But I still think as, yes, she is like a Dooku or a Grievous, except it's if those guys had three times as much screen time in their respective films. Whereas they don't really have that much screen time in the grand scheme of things. But she does, and that's why I'm upset.
0: Yeah, and I wonder if you actually broke down, because of course this is a TV show, so they have much more time to fill. And again, we've talked a lot about how much they need to pad this show out. So maybe filling it with her scenes was just another way to just get to the the series-length runtime that they needed.
2: See? Um. I'm going to say this next thing tongue-in-cheek, but they're going to have to now do with her character what they did with Dooku... Um, because now if you watch the newest stuff, I see Dooku in a completely different light now, so they're going to have to get Filoni to fix Reva in some animated thing later, and then they'll like somehow redeem her the way they did Dooku.
1: There was talk that she was going to oh, get God. her own, her own <laughs> series, but because she was so... Oh, God,
2: I did hear that talk.
1: It, but she, from what I understand, not that I'm an insider or anything, just from what I've heard people talk about,
0: Oh, Steve, uh, this is, yeah. Uh, now I'm suspecting you are.
1: <laughs> but that her character was so disliked that mm-hmm. the, that, that plan was abandoned. Because they were going to um, uh, Hasbro was going to make a lightsaber for her uh, so you could buy, like, you know, the replica, the, the FX. That
3: mm-hmm.
1: was going to be through a, like, you had to I guess vote on it or something? I'm not too familiar with the toy market, but you had to vote on it, and it did not get hardly any.
2: Yeah, I think there was something that was like it was like some type of like, um, what do you call it? What do you call it when something's crowdfunded? Um, like a Kickstarter type thing, and it's like yeah, and there's book, only this, this yeah, many that we're around. gonna make, and then like there was such a tepid response
1: that, that yeah, you know, yeah, they banned it. And then, so I, she is not a well
2: liked character, and again, it's nothing personal. I'm not some curmudgeon fanboy stuck in the 80s like as i say all this stuff whether it's her or it's tran in, in the last jedi it's just like these weird pointless characters that get way too much attention when they haven't really been thought out
0: yeah i just find the i find the particular focus on her odd to me just in terms of the the various things i've heard where i'm like this doesn't feel at a place for especially the prequel era of star wars a lot of this stuff to me feels very much in tone with that era sure And I think that a lot of the complaints that I have, I see lobbied solely at her, and people just kind of ignore the other issues. But but yeah, Steve, I I apologize. We've been going on about this for so long. Please take it away.
1: (laughs) Yeah, so I wanted to go back and discuss, you know, Ben is finally captured by Reva, or he surrenders to her. And uh, and he says, look, let's work together. You know, you're not bringing Vader to me, I'm bringing Vader to you. So let's, you know, and I kind of like that line. Um, and so that's, you know, and that it ends up Obi Wan escapes on the ship. Um, and Reva, she takes on Vader at that point. And to me, I, I don't know, it's just the scenes with Vader I thought were spectacular. I don't know what your two feel on this, but like you get a scene where Vader is wielding two blade, two lightsabers. Hmm. Um and it's just the way he like she she's nothing compared to him. Like she he's like you know, he doesn't even need a lightsaber to battle her. He's just he does these sidesteps, force pushes her around and you know, she's just nothing. And he's apparently very aware of that she was a youngling. He knew all this, I don't know how but
0: Well again I I imagine these force users just... They can just read people around them all the time.
2: Yeah, apparently. I mean, he's been using him,
1: her for his own devices this whole time. But unbeknownst right. to her. And then we found the Grand Inquisitor is still alive. Oh. So everybody that was pissed off that he got skewered in episode whatever...
0: Uh, he's just... Yeah, they all jumped the gun. Yeah. They are all jumping to their seats for nothing. <laughs> yeah, and I, I liked that scene because that felt like that felt like how i imagined vader like he's so powerful that he can just just kind of stand there and let you attack him Mm -hmm. he doesn't even need to really respond all that much that's kind of what the i like that most of the empire fight was too right um and i did think watching that scene i was again i hate to bring this up but i kept remembering all those complaints about riva they're like oh she's a mary sue she's way overpowered she's like the most powerful jedi we've ever seen for no reason and I was like, well, you put her up against Vader, and she poses no threat whatsoever. Was she really all that overpowered?
2: Mm-hmm. Uh, I I, so. I, don't give you the point. I, I think it's just more inconsistency in her character. It's their own inconsistency <laughs> wow. for writing her so powerful ahead of time, and then to juxtapose it against her getting shut down. I think it's just poor overall execution.
0: I don't think we ever really saw her that powerful. I mean, she never... But anyway, maybe let's see. I mean, let's get away from her. <laughs> we clearly have a strong disagreement there with her about
1: well, <laughs> is one of the worst. I, I just I just like the scene, scene where she discovers the communicator from Balor. Oh, are
2: you being facetious right now? Are well, you no, gaslighting me? I mean, she's
1: she got she got she got stabbed through the abdomen. Mhm. And there she's like uh, dying and oh, what's No. The no, I, I feel like I'm being
2: gaslit. I'm
1: just going to gonna crawl that way and find out.
0: They contrived it in a way that it would work. I mean, it makes sense. Okay,
2: I'm in an alternate world podcast. Um,
3: what? Because, <laughs> Explain because
2: you know, previously in the last episode, I was just talking about how I was so over the stupid trope of the Star Wars trope, et cetera, Of the of the um, tracking device, tracking device. oh. I, I, um, was, oh, uh, yes, yes. <laughs> this is even more egregious to me because it's when, when, uh, <laughs> why the? F- Bale Organa, first of all, shouldn't even have fucking sent his, he right. shouldn't even have sent his first messages in the first fucking episode just to right. compound things even worse by showing up in person. That was already a bridge too far, like in episode one or two, whatever that was. And then this motherfucker, like, do you know anything about fucking covert fucking shit operate god damn like
0: he's getting up there god. He's, he's not remembering things right
2: you think i'm fucking like the biggest dealer in south central texas and i'm gonna be talking about stuff on like on an open phone line like so the right? fbi can just listen in to all my goings on what the fuck is your hey you know what i'm gonna i'm gonna use my little secret message contact just Wait. to just just have some words of encouragement and not only that but I'm going to include some vital information? What the fuck? Bail Organa needs to be knocked into... The
1: the Skywalker twins are the worst-kept secret in the The galaxy. Yes,
2: the best thing that could have happened in the grand scheme of the Star Wars universe is if Bail Organa would have been trying to switch a light bulb out in his restroom and he fell and bumped his head on a a sink and went into a coma for like six months, and so much shit could have been avoided, like so much bloodshed and... and and drama in the Star Wars universe, if he could have just been in a coma, so he couldn't have had played his hand into things to fuck shit up royally. Like, what the... Because as soon as... The first time they showed that fucking message in this episode, I already fucking knew where this was going. And I was like, fuck no, fuck off. I fucking hate you fucking writers. And so it was... Oh, my God.
1: Jamie Smiths, what are you doing? God
2: damn it. Oh, my God. It was no... There was nothing pleasant about the most obvious fucking thing coming in at the end. And that's why when, when Steve started off with the way he, he posed that, I like how she... I, I'm being gaslit. This is, like, the most horrible shit.
0: No, the discovering the discovering part, I thought, worked better than if she was just walking and, like, what's this? And like, then Obi-Wan's what? like,
1: it's somehow Obi-Wan knows. He's oh like, oh, my God. What's wrong, oh Obi-Wan? God. Oh, it's probably nothing. None of the... Yeah, we're going to revisit that
0: later. When Bale started going on about like the kids, I was like, "Oh no, Grandpa's rambling!" Quick, someone take the mic from him. <laughs> I was like, "Don't include that." So you know, you know, you know that other
1: kid, Luke. He's actually the son of Anakin, who's actually Darth Vader. You know where he's. Bale at? is like
2: I can't remember what one or two movies played on this joke really well. What were they? Where like the person is like trying to like go out with somebody, but they're not like not answering their phone. And then the person can't help it, and they yeah. keep like they keep getting the message, and they keep like making another call, another call. Well, I guess I guess you're probably not answering because of this. Well, I promise this is the last call, and yeah, so I wasn't really trying to bother you,
1: but you know. Uh, and then they just click. so th- this is Bill Organa's dick pic to Obi Wan is what you're saying.
2: <laughs> he just can't stop himself. He just keeps calling again and again. <laughs> what the fuck are you doing? Call me. Oh, my I miss God.
0: you. <laughs> He'd forgotten that he called the first time. That was the. No, it's is just getting mean. That's the
2: worst shit ever. <laughs> oh, that's oh god. This is.
0: I wish the uh, the projection was like really close to his face. It was only his eye and his nose because he didn't he didn't know how close to, hold to his is, face. This
2: is almost as bad as the damning Poe Dameron joke at the beginning of when you knew t- uh, last year I was going off the rails in the first five minutes. This
0: is. Oh no! Let's. General
2: Hux, what? uh, uh, General Hugs. Uh, this, yeah, okay. I'm still holding. Oh, fuck. This is almost oh, worse than that goddamn phone shenanigan bullshit.
1: I. Oh, my God. I fr... yeah, Thank you. From I had that. bleached my mind of that yes, memory. Me too. Thank you, Eric, for reminding me of a fucking stupid phone call. Judge. This is General Hux. Can you hear me?
0: You... Let's talk about something bad related to Obi-Wan.
1: Is your, is your refrigerator running? <laughs> Why yes? See, you better go get it. See, he obviously,
0: see General Hux
2: obviously has T-Mobile. He should get AT and T, like uh, Bill Argana, who can just send a message
1: across the goddamn galaxy. Like the, the scene with the fucking clothes ironing thing that we thought was a spaceship. Like, is this is this hardware wars? Like, what the fuck's going on? <laughs> okay,
2: one of the least offensive things. Oh, no, but...
0: but I did want to, I did want to say uh, the effect when Vader walks through the door and then grabs the, the ship taking off with the force. Mm-hmm. I did find that effect jarring. Like, I was just sitting back watching it, and I actually sat up in my seat. I was like, whoa, that just that is so jarring. Why? How bad that looks. Did it? Did you guys feel the same way?
1: Uh, the, vi- the visual effects? You,
0: visual you, effects, yeah.
1: Well, I thought it was weird that we didn't see what was behind the other ship, and then we don't, I don't recall yes. there being two ships ever mentioned.
2: Oh, if you go back, they do mention it. They do? I, oh. Yeah, there's like a, oh, there's the other ship over there. Yeah, I didn't notice it the first time, um,
0: at all. Oh, I can even see it actually. It's just like covered in smoke. You can just vaguely yeah, see, see it. Yeah, but
2: see, yeah, I was confused the first time. Oh, I knew they weren't gonna die, and again, now they're doing the stupid joke or the stupid thing they did in in uh, Rise of Skywalker. Like, Chewie, no! <laughs> oh wait, that's just another ship.
3: Oh, ha, 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 ha.
1: I couldn't believe they did that joke again. <laughs> oh. That was one of the worst Ray impressions. I wasn't even sure what you were yeah. I agree. Well, that was one of the worst. <laughs>
2: yeah, like Miss like, Piggy. <laughs> the last thing I needed was a call back to Rise of Skywalker. No, wait, no.
1: Eric, no, Eric, now I want you to say, I'm all the Jedi.
0: And add Kermit, I can't Kermit at the do end. That. I, I can't do that. I'm all the Jedi, Kermit. <laughs>
2: Sorry. I can actually do a Miss Piggy, but I'm, I can't do it on, on demand like this. I can do it really good. And, and Kermit as well. But anyway, um...
3: I hope. <laughs> you guys
2: are terrible. Hi-ho, Kermit the Frog here.
3: Oh, Kermit! Um,
2: absolutely the <laughs> worst Star Wars ever. Damn. Kenobi Damn. series.
3: <laughs> oh, Kermit! <Kirby>. What? <laughs>
2: Disagree. Um, uh, it uh, It was so lame. No, it was so lame, uh, this thing. Because again, you know... Sith powers are Sith powers until they're not. I mean, he, he can sense people's motives and around him and, and things like Vader can mm-hmm. and and know what's deep inside someone's soul and heart, but he can't figure out an empty ship versus the one full of souls
1: right. that is, like, right next to it. Um, it <sighs> well, you could say he was so engaged and so... Would- Wanting to get revenge on Obi Wan that clouded his judgment.
2: No, I think this is all stupid stuff that writers thought was cool in the writing room, and then we're trying to take it seriously. Like, we're like, it's so, like, again, this is, like, no offense to kids who are just learning how to read and write, but, you know, if an eight year old turns in their grand opus, like, there's no reason, like, why three grown adults should, like, rack their brains over trying to, like, figure out you know the nuances of this of this eight-year-old's grand opus like that's what we're doing to this series like we're really trying to take it seriously when i don't think the writers were taking it that seriously in their own mind i mean seriously in their in terms of their care of like story development and character writing and everything
1: else i've heard that argument before so
0: yeah and it it does make it worse though that again the whole flashbacks that he keeps revisiting visiting is you know you're you're too rash, Anakin, you're too focused on the victory that you don't see the like the details. And then he just does it in this episode. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's kinda like, ah, like is it supposed to that that's my question. Is it meant to be him reflecting and thinking about that duel or are the filmmakers just showing us that duel to show a character flaw on him? That's what I wasn't sure.
2: See I don't think oh Ob- uh not Obi I don't. I don't think Vader's thinking back to that. Yeah, I think that's a flashback.
0: Just for us, be yours.
2: I, I Yeah, I think. I, yeah, that's what I think. I think it's more for us. Oh. Okay. Or I mean, I guess it was part of the back to tank memory for Kenobi, perhaps.
0: No, that was the different one. Oh, that. Was a it one. started with Vader. It was when they were. He was like staring at the the vortex of the oh, like, oh. speed.
3: Well,
1: that just seems weird. It yeah. Well, it's a shared memory, so they're probably both referencing. Oh my gosh, I I, I don't yeah. even.
2: Yeah,
0: it's getting confusing I now. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know about. I don't. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. But maybe we should move on. Well, yeah.
1: let's let's get yeah it's episode six. Uh, so we should say that you know, Obi Wan and all the other people uh, escape, but surprise, surprise, the hyperdrive is uh, broken. Mm. That's a common. That's a common theme in Star Wars. You know,
0: you know. Oh yeah, it's. But um, faulty tech.
1: Yeah, uh, so we find out that Riva has uh, made her way to Tatooine looking for Owen, and um, and then that's that's actually, there's actually two there's two plots going on. There's a plot a plot and a B plot. The B plot is Riva going after Owen and Luke, and then the A plot is Vader versus Obi Wan. So yeah, so yeah, Obi wans stuck on the on the ship that's being besieged by the. Uh, Shit, what's the name of that ship, Eric? Which one? The one that the the Empire uh, Vader's on. Um Is he
2: on a Star Destroyer? Star <laughs> okay. Destroyer. I, <laughs> thought had, like, I thought it had I thought you were like, using for a specific name, like it was the Dominatrix or something.
0: The Interceptor. Yeah, or something.
1: No, way <laughs> yeah exactly. Yeah, no no no, yeah. So um but before Obi Wan leaves, uh, he gives Leia uh Tala's holster. It was kinda of sweet. Kinda of pulling on the heartstrings there.
3: Yeah, it's
0: okay. I like that moment a little bit.
1: Yeah. Um we see that Obi Wan attempts to call up Qui-Gon again, asking, him like, hey, this is you know, this is gonna be it. It was either him or me. It ends today. And then so anyways, he leaves and then Vader follows him down to the planet to blow, which to me, I don't know how you both feel, but I thought this resulted in one of the best lightsaber battles. In modern Star Wars, no,
2: no, not not I. I. I know there's other people who are with you, Steve. Uh, I don't, no, no. I don't even think it's in my top five. What? Are you shitting me? Oh my god! I'm not shitting you.
0: I loved uh, I loved all the visuals of the the different lightsaber lights on the faces. I liked all the focus on that. But I thought they
1: <laughs> you liked the the shadow, the colors, great.
0: But I did think it went on way, way too long. Every time we cut oh, back, I was no. like, "Is this thing gonna no. end?"
1: No, it, it, I wanted it longer. I wish the whole damn episode was that.
0: Oh no! Ooh, yeah, we'll discuss no. this with uh, Return of the Sith, Ch- Sith. or Revenge of the Sith.
2: No, I don't. Yeah, I was gonna say it turns into Sith if you do that. If, if you make it longer, yes. And I love that. I think that was great.
0: Yeah, and this comes up with me and Isaac all the time because Isaac's also like he can really get into extended action scenes. At a certain point, like I'm into it for like the first five minutes or so, but then I just start to glaze over. and It's like oh, nothing's really happening except for action. When's the plot gonna kick in again? So, <laughs> I think that's just a uh, some sort of flaw with me.
2: No, I can I can think of three modern um, or more modern uh, lightsaber stuff I can think of that I already like that I put ahead of this, and like it was it was fine, but wow <sighs> yeah no but it was still problematic in my mind not the actual fight itself why and and not the actual execution of the fight um it's just this is what we all came for i mean i think or, or a lot of people anyway not even myself uh, me. yeah actually not even me personally yeah. <laughs> but i'm speaking for like the we out there um this is what everyone came for was and this is a big thing they were hyping you know the rematch of the century you know the Rumble in the Jungle too, uh, <laughs> oh wow! And and, through, and the framework surrounding how we got here in this particular series just seemed like ugh, ugh, like like this is all Drek to get us to this point that we've all been waiting for, or it's supposed to be like the climax of everything. And it so the fight, like I said, I don't have issues with the fight itself. And the execution of it and actually seeing it, it's just I could not allow myself to enjoy it because I didn't feel like it was earned for me to get there, narratively speaking. So I couldn't fully embrace it and like it or accept it for what it was because it felt so tainted by the road, the journey I took to get to that point. And so it took away from that that whole lightsaber duel because it all felt... Um, because it was mentioned before the series being like a video game but not only was it like a video game it was one of those video games like if you know crash bandicoot or final fantasy 13 either one like you're like hey i'm in this i'm in this i'm in this made up what
0: what a comparison between the three. if
2: anyone knows video games you'll know exactly what i mean as, as i explain the, the connection between those two games Um, Sure. Because at first glance, you're like, oh, this is like a fully realized 3D world that I'm about to explore. But when you actually start playing either game, you realize you're only Mm. confined to a certain track. And you have the illusion of being able to go anywhere. But it honestly, you can only go one place. And that's all you can really do. And you realize you're not actually in a free world. You're actually like on a ride at Disney World or you're on a track. And, and you can only see what they're about to show you and so it this was a video game where yes that we were just getting to this point but it was all just like set up like just being on a ride but not a great ride just like a track ride and I'm like, oh, okay I guess And so see that all tainted the whole experience for me so it took away from me being able to fully open myself up to like enjoying that climax.
1: Wow okay well I disagree. No, that's fine. I I get it. Well, what 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 do you think of the B plot with uh, with Reva, Owen, uh, Baru, and Luke being besieged?
0: Yeah, I made a complaint earlier about how the, particularly on my 4K TV, my regular just straight up HD TV doesn't have this. I mean, it has this issue a little bit, but not as severe, where the grain really starts to break down and starts to make them. Just look like they're on like a green screen, even though I'm pretty sure it is the volume. Like, Reva almost looks like she's like inserted into the scene. There's like this white filter around her or something. And I was like, what is going on? And, I, and I'm pretty sure it's I the grain to, filter.
2: I need to see your TV. Uh, this might be like some kind of weird specific setting on your TV because there's TVs that have settings that pertain to this. Because I don't see this on mine. Um, and so that's why I'm kind of confused.
1: Yeah, I didn't notice that either.
2: And I know there's televisions that have things that act that that are supposed to affect like digital streams and stuff and so now i'm really curious like you're gonna have to send me screenshots mm. or something because <laughs> i haven't noticed sure. this effect that you're talking about as i've been watching it on my equipment
0: yeah let me know if you if you see it. when she's like walking around stalking luke in particular is where it really stood out and i was like wow that just looks terrible
2: i think you, you may have some settings on your television you needed to disable is what it sounds like to me right now
0: but I will say it in, in general I I was like uh this in particular feels like it's out of continuity that this jedi is like stalking luke and owen and baru have to get in there to try to stop him there's nothing about that original trilogy that it gave me the impression that those two were at some point up against a sith coming to get their their kid that just it just doesn't seem to fit for me hmm. And I don't know if that's a silly thing to think. No, I don't think so. again, these prequels in no way tied to the original trilogy, I don't think. Including the original prequels. I feel like they're all out of continuity, so it's weird for me to niggle about this bit.
2: Okay, now you're going too far when you say that out of continuity stuff. That, it's, I... already
0: been, it's already been established. The prequels just don't really fit if you match them up with the original trilogy. What?
2: I disagree. Disagree. Disagree with that statement.
0: But I think it's been made very clear. I don't...
2: What? I, I've never... No, I've never subscribed to that theory or seen any, anybody popularize that out there.
0: Really? No, that is that is a very popular opinion.
2: No I, no, I... No, I... The only thing I've ever heard in that direction outside of Caleb is that when they were working on, on the new Disney trilogy that they pretty much left the prequels out of their mind. That's the only thing I've ever heard...
0: Oh no, uh, no! On that subject, uh, no, no, I, I'm, I agree that they're supposedly in continuity. What I'm saying is, if you really line the two up, there's no way that they could be. There's so much that just—it's just like new Doctor Who and classic Doctor Who.
2: No. Okay. Okay. So. Okay. The okay. Don't fit. If we're talking about it, in-
0: but this is this is off. This is we maybe we should say. No, on, I think this particular
2: here. series is way <laughs> off in in that context that you're speaking of. But I don't believe all the prequel stuff is off. Uh. Because And, again, I I hate to bring up the crutch of... No, no, it's true. Between Clone Wars and Rebels and now the new Andor, especially, and Rogue One, all that stuff, I think, really helps to bridge the gap between the original prequel situations and the original trilogy situations. And I, I can't help but know that that stuff exists and that stuff goes a long way in like mending fences um but this in particular canopy no i don't think this adds in any positive way to that to that stuff at all
0: yeah but maybe maybe we'll save that from we discuss revenge of the sith because i'll definitely have a lot more to say about that in that discussion <laughs> but um yeah to t- take us somewhere else steve i i don't know you you seem to be the one keeping the, the wheels no, yeah
2: yeah because yeah i mean Kay- kayla said it all much nicely or much more, not nicely, but cordial, cordially, cordially than I would or could because, as it pertains to this, and and the you started off asking us about the B plot, it's again, it's a fever dream to me. It's something out of like no no offense to people who write fan and slash fic, like this is this is like some like um, uh, what's that service called uh, Live Journal. This is something that somebody would like write on their own. Like, okay, here's your task. I want you to, to write a story that takes place 10 BBY, um, where uh, Uncle Owen and Aunt Beru are like Sarah Connor from Terminator 2, and they go completely badass. And then this is just like a creative writing, like um, exercise, but not to actually be made live action and to be made canonical no, this was just a silly writing exercise. Like, we're not actually going to do this. But this is what has happened.
3: Well, for
1: me, this B plot, I, was, I wasn't engaged with it. I was, yeah, unlike you guys, I was really engaged with the, the Anakin, or sorry, Vader, the one battle. And So when they would go back, because it they would, they would intercut between
3: mm-hmm.
1: both plots. And so I was like, let's get back to the lightsaber fight. And some of the things that I really liked, and I and I, it kind of bothered me because they did this already in Clone Wars, was that Vader's helmet got cut in half and we got to see part of Anakin's well, face.
2: That's almost the same exact thing. I mean, that you bring that up, that you've yeah, seen that with, with Ahsoka. It's like they're redoing yeah. the whole thing. They just switched
1: out the character, right? And so I didn't like that. But it's, it had already been done. Um, I liked the scene where. You know, pretty much the Obi Wan has defeated Anakin, and they're talking, and, and basically the they, they intermix Vader's voice with Hayden, and then the uh, I guess the James Earl Jones voice box. So you you mm-hmm. kind of hear mm-hmm. it going in and out like it's not quite tuning to that. Yeah, the the voice. that that all makes sense to me. I, I mean, but I really like
3: that. I thought that. Was yeah,
2: pretty. yeah. If I just accept this moment this duel and excise it from everything else in the series like if this was just one of those like so if this was one of the tales of the jedi that they just released uh on disney plus which are these short vignettes that are about seven to eleven or no eleven to fifteen minutes long each so if this was one of those little animated shorts that they just dropped and it was just the duel and that was it and we take out all this other extraneous stuff then I could accept it in a whole different way and just focus on it and take it in. And, and like some bits, like the bit you just said, yeah, I'm, I'm perfectly cool with that stuff. I'm just tainted because of everything else surrounding it. You're just a bitter person,
3: yeah. Oh, my gosh.
1: <laughs> Damn. Um, <laughs> I, I, liked, I liked that basically Vader released Obi-Wan from his guilt by saying, you know, you how was the house i'm sorry you you didn't you didn't kill Anakin
0: i yeah
1: i did yeah i was and i liked that the fact that one of the things that i knew hope that bothered not just me but i think a lot of fans was what alec guinness's obi-wan calls Darth Vader darth yeah. you know i was like well because because he because at honestly when the first movie was released Darth Vader was his first and last name it wasn't a title you know, they, it was only in the in the when they made the sequels that you said that kind of why why did that bother oh, you evaluate and dive? And that never bothered me. Well, because because Dar- because why would he call him Darth? It, but it, it, well, I'm not the only one. I know that. No, like if
2: he was if he was yeah. Count Dooku, what if he said, "Look, Count,"
1: you know, it's like
3: okay, okay, right,
1: right. But they but they kind of but they kind of use that like because uh, at the end when Obi Wan leaves Vader, he's. he's tells calls him Darth like okay Anakin is my friend is dead or my brother' is dead okay you know so I kind of I kind of like how they added that I, okay I'm, I'm fine mm. with all that I don't think it affects yeah. one way or the other if you, if and if you hope that didn't bother you or not but that was one of those things that I always felt like you know like uh, Leah Luke being twins well that obviously was' that bothered that you that <laughs> That wasn't a thing in a new yeah, hope. Fake oh. I mean, they were lusting after each other. Um,
0: yeah, and I never liked that. Uh, well, I'll save that for Return of the Jedi.
2: <laughs> you never liked that in the original seri- in the original trilogy.
0: No, it was terrible. It was it was so badly done. But we'll discuss that scene when we get to Return of the Jedi.
1: We'll get we'll get there. Yeah, and that does take effect. Actually, we can slightly discuss it because this episode had like five or six endings
0: yes uh in the that, turn of the king
1: i i wanted to and after after the obi-wan left vader i pretty much really kind of checked out mm. because i thought that was the most badass lightsaber scene and so i really could care less i didn't care if if, if reva killed luke and no one in <laughs> like i think like it's over i'm done I, I saw the as eric put it the the rubble in the jungle too i oh. i was happy to see i i this is why I watched this series was for that. See, I was, That's, that was it. I, I was I had just like cummed all over the oh place. Oh my god! Oh no! And I was kind of in that you know that kind of that stupor that you get into.
2: Oh yeah, you're um,
0: cleaning up as the episode's going on.
1: <laughs> That's
2: so weird because I was faking an <laughs> orgasm.
0: I'm stunned that you even fake it. Anyways, I'm stunned it. I was it. like
2: a smokeless
1: cigarette, like <laughs> yeah, smoke a smokeless cigarette. Okay, make sure you said that. So, uh, yeah. Uh, we we see uh, Vader. He talks to the Emperor, uh, basically saying, "I oh, will, you know, going to double my efforts finding Obi Wan." And I kind of like because it explains why Vader never went after Obi Wan, because the Emperor is basically saying, "I think you're concentrating too much on Obi Wan," <laughs> and I think he's concerned because it's basically bringing Anakin back. Mm. I think mm-hmm. if anything, the Emperor wants Anakin to stay dead, and this whole thing has caused Anakin for vader to go after like he went after obi-wan instead of the rebel ship where they could have completely wiped them out so it's kind of affected his train of thought so i I like that um reva we find out now she's a good girl because she didn't kill luke (laughs) uh so yeah that that i agree with eric the compass is spinning all over the place at this point for me because i don't know now she's now she's on the she's a good guy like what's going on with her um what else? We have an ending with Leah. So she gets Lola back.
0: Oh. You didn't yeah. like that. We never discussed I just realized we never discussed when uh that whole uh what, what was it that she put into the rope into the little Lola inhibitor chip oh, I think they said.
2: Oh I know we didn't bring when it.
0: they're like, I've bugged it and then the, the robot like vaguely attacks her, like it turns the red eyes and it flies at her. And she's just like, ooh, ooh, <laughs> like a bug's attacking me, ugh. I was like, is that is that all they're gonna do with this?
1: <laughs> I wish I wish she came out with like little arms like Grievous and then like spinning lightsabers.
0: <laughs> or even one of those little like shock little... bits that uh, RTD2 would yes, board every now and that again. that would have
1: been great if she shocked <laughs> Leia. Oh my gosh, that would have been hilarious.
0: Yeah, but um, yeah, no, I was happy to see it come back, and I liked her little holster. Even though I was kind of like, eh, none of this stuff really feels like it's (sighs) like a real piece of Star Wars. It feels like it's just in a series. But I was like, I liked
1: it. Oh, no, I liked it. I thought it was sweet. I thought it was sweet. I thought it was
0: sweet, too, for what it was. Yeah.
2: Someone needs to do a special edition of Rise of Skywalker, and on her deathbed, she's going to have that little pouch. Right? (laughs) There we go. Why didn't they do that? (laughs)
1: They could have. They still got time because this show was in the writing i mean surely lola has been around right I don't they, know. they
2: still got time they still got time they can still do things. yeah
0: they can turn that into like the uh, the dice <laughs> that they've obsessed with with han solo <laughs> oh, <my God. laughs> oh, who cared about the dice all that much until the disney era when it's the most important thing
1: <laughs> but Obi- obi-wan finally got to meet luke that was kind of nice
0: yeah, that was okay. I was like, okay, I can accept that. It <laughs> alright. Yeah, that, that's, that's all you're going to get from you. Me. I mean, I... S-
2: someone say it. Someone say it. Hello there.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. I was like, oh, of course <laughs> I had to do that. Yeah. Um, I will say, though, and this just baffled me. Mm. So we see Owen and Baru, They're fighting like crazy. They're trying to get rid of her. And then once Luke runs off and he's off into the woods... They're just standing like ten feet away from their house. Woods. Well not woods. (laughs) The rocks. (laughs) There's
1: not a tree anywhere in sight. I don't even know (laughs) everyone knows the Moss Espel
2: Forest.
0: The quarry. It's in Doctor Who that they went to a quarry. But then we see that Owen and Brew are just like ten feet away from their house just yelling Luke's name. Like, they're not even looking for him at this point. They're just standing there. How long have they been standing there yelling his name?
1: They're like, ah, fuck this kid. I
0: was like, what is this?
1: (laughs) Fuck this kid. We almost died tonight.
0: And again, they look like they're, like, on a green screen or something. I was like, oh, man, these sets... I don't know what's happened to this show in this last episode. Maybe they ran out of budget. Maybe. But I did think some of that stuff just looked really wonky and bad.
1: Well, I thought thought the final shot was spectacular. When Obi-Wan is leaving and we see Qui-Gon finally appears. Eric? In, in silence. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody liked it but me. No, okay. it,
2: it was fine. It was fine, but you have to understand I'm coming at it from the perspective of a trauma survivor.
0: Uh... <laughs> <laughs> oh, And I, I didn't comment because I'm coming at it from the perspective of I just never liked Qui-Gon Chin. Oh. I always thought that was oh, no,
2: That's Caleb. Um, I love qui
0: if there's there was nothing to the character. Oh, well, we we've already discussed this. My issues with how it was he was all
1: Liam Neeson is a saint. oh my god.
2: He was a
0: good a good actor, completely wasted in a nothing part. Okay, I kind of see that. That's that's how I feel. I
2: always had a you know a fondness of him and his character, and and you know mm-hmm. again I I mentioned the tales of a Jedi that has just made things better for me. I mean, spoilers for me just saying that but there's so much more to some of these characters in the prequels, thanks to Filoni and company. And so now I can't think of these characters the way I thought of them before I saw some of this animated content. I can't separate the two. So now that I've seen what I've seen, there's just so much more to these these prequel characters that makes them tick. But this is, I guess, retconning. I, I mean, retconning that has been executed. Yes. Official retconning. So, I can't separate the two. Well,
0: they claim it's official. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like the Timeless Child is official. I hope not. Like, oh okay. yeah, th- really, William Hartnell wasn't the first Doctor. I totally Well, uh, if the
2: Timeless Child was was like really awesome, then you'd have no problem with it, see? No. And so because this this animated stuff is, is awesome, I don't have an issue with it. Even the War
0: Doctor. I think John Hurt's great in that part, but there's no way in my mind that I can imagine that the War Doctor was actually a part of that. Where he was. That's just a weird issue that I have. I, I can't get past it.
3: the
1: <laughs> ultimate. So you're you're you you're 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 not a fan of the say uh, the, the word the order of the Doctor name. So that the tenth Doctor is not the tenth Doctor. Oh, sorry, the yeah the tenth Doctor is not the tenth Doctor. He's actually the eleventh, and then everything moves forward, and then the eleventh Doctor. No, I, I is think actually he's saying a... the
2: opposite. That I think he's saying the opposite. That the War Doctor doesn't even really exist.
0: No, I I don't think the War Doctor really exists. It was just in...
2: In other words, the ninth is the ninth,
1: the 10th is the
2: 10th, etc. Well, then the 10th is also
1: the 11th, and then the 14th, and the...
2: No, again, he's doing it like the War Doctor does not exist, so they keep their same numbers.
0: Except uh, with New Who, I just throw my hands up in the air, because I'm like, okay, from the 1st Doctor to the 7th Doctor, it all makes sense. Everything after that is just nonsense bullshit in its own fanfic world. Some of it's good, some of it's bad, but it just does not fit. And I feel that about almost everything after the original trilogy with Star Wars well, as well.
2: I feel that about the Kenobi series. All right.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, so let's talk about things we liked. And we Thank didn't you. Like Thank in, you, in Steve. A ho- as, as a whole. Oh, Eric Brought it up. As a whole. Um, do you mind if I go first? Oh, no.
0: Yes. Th- yes.
1: Okay, so things I didn't like. Now, I understand that John Williams scored this. Is that, is that right? No, no, no,
2: no, 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 no. Absolutely
3: not. unfortunately oh, I not. He did score this
2: no concert. no 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 I think I think he did what he did for solo which is he contributed like I think one particular theme uh but it was no it was a different um, composer who did the bulk of the work yeah okay because I thought the music was absolutely poor like it, it was not there for me yes yeah, oh, just- it was the worst ever in Star Wars as far as I'm concerned even worse than
1: I don't know if it's the worst, but it was oh, it was, it was the worst worst for me. It was just not there. I, I it, it was unremarkable in, on so many levels.
2: No, oh, I actually found it offensive in places.
0: It felt like a temp score. Yes, it really temp, feel score. Like a temp score. The
1: only thing I could
2: think worse, and it's probably not even worse, is like the, whatever the the score was for Caravan of Courage, in um, Battle of Endor. <laughs> I mean, even that is probably better because it had a, a good like '80s okay. like classic aesthetic. Um, <laughs> oh no but, it did but not this, no, I remember specifically the one that really turned me off was um, when they were kidnapping Leia and they were chasing her and the music was so generic it it, it was com- it's completely sounded like stock music from a sound library or from like YouTube yes. like free use and I was like what the fuck like when have I ever heard music that sounds like free use music like in Star Wars um and that's why I think it's the worst ever. Because even in Clone Wars, they
1: spent all the money on, on the on the, uh, the volume, I guess, because they couldn't afford it. There you go, the
0: electricity no, this bill. Is absolutely yeah.
2: the worst score. And I saw like little fluff pieces by Disney, like you know where they're patting themselves on the back, like in the making of stuff. Oh, so and so, uh, and I don't want to, I don't want to crap on the person because she's, you know, she's one of the. I think I'm almost certain she's one of the few females, or maybe the only female, to score like a Star Wars thing um and they were just like oh she's so great with what she's brought and, and i'm just like, what are you talking about like am i watching the same show um ugh, no it's by far the worst um of, of all the star wars scores
0: yeah and i'll i'll just say uh almost immediately after i watched this i watched the finale to uh, house of the dragon mm-hmm. and i was like oh my god like you couldn't pick a worse pairing 'Cause House of the Dragon just has a beautiful score throughout and all these really resonant themes that when they come on they can actually like move me to tears just from how much they fit the scenes. Wow,
2: high
3: praise.
0: And that. I was like, wow, c- compare what they did with this show to that. It just made it so much worse. Yeah. And yeah, it, it just there there's a prestige. There's supposed to be at least a prestige to Star Wars. Right. You do, you don't cheap out on the music. Just you can cheap out on the effects. They've already there's already been an established history of that. Don't cheap out on the music. That just just seems like a big mistake. I thought.
1: The other thing I didn't like was kind of, and Eric, you kind of discussed this already, but kind of the reuse of themes. The thing that really kind of, I don't know, bugged me was uh, the scene where Obi Wan and um, and the rebels are trying to escape. It was it was so much like the Last Jedi. Not the yeah, the Last Jedi. It just it brought back bad memories. I guess that's why I didn't like it so much. Wait, which part was like that? Uh, in this in episode six, when Obi Wan, the Rebels are trying to escape from the Empire or from from Vader on the Star Destroyer. Oh, okay. oh okay. yeah, yeah, and they're and they're just sitting there, like we're just a we're, we're a sitting duck until until we can come up with an idea. I mean that was a plot that was in Last Jedi that lasted. How long did you oh, say? Okay, like,
3: okay.
1: Yeah. Forty minutes? Right. I mean right, it was okay. just now I know what yeah. you're
0: talking about. Or the whole plot. The whole plot really, in some ways.
1: <laughs> but I think kind of the to me the biggest biggest issue with this series was there was no risk. No mm. no no permadeaths. Because we know obi-wan lives we know Vader lives we know luke lives we know is gonna live we know bale's gonna make it all the key characters in this series or this yeah series are going to live there are a few like tala she dies reva i guess she makes it uh but yeah,
2: there was like some side character rebel that you knew he was a red shirt as soon as he came on screen and when he told like his little story about his life that no one cared about you knew he was gonna die
1: um well, yeah. or the or the uh, there's a scene where Riva is hunting down Luke on Tatooine, and she's and Ben arrives, and you know where's where's Luke? Where's Luke? And we see Riva walking towards them, carrying a little body. I laughed, and they're like, "Oh my God, is is Luke dead? No, <laughs> he's not dead. <laughs> we know he lives. So that that whole that whole moment, that whole scene has no residence residents Residence. Resi- I'm so drunk yeah. right now, I can't even talk. It doesn't, doesn't, doesn't go anywhere.
0: Yeah, that is a fundamental weakness of the prequel format. And I've always thought mm. that. Like, it's just... Uh, like I, I just don't know how, how well prequels actually work most of the oh time because gosh. of that issue. Well,
1: yeah, yeah, okay. Never mind. Well, I think that's one of the great things about Empire Strikes Back, when Han was frozen in Carbonite. Mm. Oh, shit! Is he... What happened? What's going on? Yeah, you're left on a. You have to find out.
0: Left on a climax. <laughs> Next. So much unexplored territory to go to. Yeah. Or left on a, a, a cliffhanger. Cliffhanger, I should say. I'm drunk too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but um, I was I was gonna say for one of my weaknesses that we haven't really brought up yet, at least in this episode. And I don't know if this bothered you guys too, but I found a lot of the camera work in this these three episodes, and especially this last one, just weirdly jarring and cheap. There's a lot of this kind of fake handheld that they're they're doing where the camera will just sort of like bob around and they use it especially during action scenes and to me it just that feels like something that I would see in really low budget like B movie productions and I was really surprised to see it in something of a Star Wars budget. I was like Ah, if you're going to do handheld give us some like more real handheld stuff instead of this very cheap intentional bobbing around. I don't know, did, did that bother you guys at all?
1: No, uh, could, could you give me kind of an example?
0: Uh, we talked about it during the uh, the, the first episode. It was um, like we see all the little the younglings doing their little practicing, and then it jumps into an action sequence once the uh, oh, okay. Order 66 starts. Uh-huh. If you watch that scene, suddenly the camera just starts leaping all over the place and bouncing around. It's like, whoa, what the fuck? Like wh- This does not feel professional i thought
2: maybe i'm high right now i don't know but while kill was describing the handheld because i never noticed it when i was watching the series by myself but as Caleb was talking about it on my screen is a scene with kenobi and Riva, where she's basically giving up and whatever and it's, it's a quiet scene um where she like uh, surrenders her lightsaber and as Caleb was talking even though it's a quiet scene and the camera is zoomed in on Riva's face it looks mm. handheld, not the action frantic handheld, but just handheld, you know? So in other words, the, the camera person is trying to hold the camera steady, but you get the natural feel of a handheld. And I don't know why it's there, because like, it's completely unnecessary, because I, I was staring at her face that was taking up like almost the whole height of the image, but I could feel the camera just naturally drifting just a little bit here and there. And so hearing Caleb talk about it while seeing it made it very, like, disorienting. Because um, even though it was subtle, I was like, why? Like, why is it like that? Other, The only thing I can think of is for style, quote-unquote, reasons. Um,
0: yeah, they, they seem to do it to emphasize either action or emotion. Like, it's meant to have, like, more of a real, like, grounded, fragile quality. But to me, it just looks very cheap. And especially during the action scenes, I just... It to me doesn't feel professional. I, I was just like this. Again, I feel like this would be in something very low budget, very B movie ish, and to see it in this kind of production, just just feels very strange to me. <laughs> but again, it's it's much wor- it's much much worse in the action scenes than just like a regular dramatic scene like that. Like it's it's there, but it's much more jarring I mean, in those kind of scenes, at least for me. In
2: this respect, for me, this series and even the Boba Fett series, which I like more than this. But both of those series, to me, are the overall most inexpensive or cheapest-looking live-action Star Wars stuff of the Disney era. Um, where, which I don't, I'm don't, i not exactly sure why. I mean, Boba Fett, I guess I could understand. But this, it, it's surprising to me that it, it looks the cheapest, well, along with Boba Fett, uh, amongst the, the Disney Plus Star Wars series stuff. And you would think, with just the six episode run, and 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 the fact that you have you and McGregor and and Hayden coming back and all that business, you would think it wouldn't be the cheapest looking thing that they would put out. But that's how it comes across to me. And I'm speaking overall, like the grand scheme of the whole visual aesthetic of the whole entire series.
0: Oh, just an for example for you, Steve. If you go to uh, like 2140. We see a scene of Vader walking up just before the lightsaber fight. And the camera's just like, I just don't understand this this technique. It's like moving all over the place. And it's just, a, it should be a flat shot of him walking, but it's, I just find that so jarring. <laughs> but again, maybe that's just me. I, I don't know. Maybe it didn't bother. You know, I
1: didn't even notice it, so I'd have to <laughs> rewatch it.
2: I'm rewatching it now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is. Um, strange. Because it does, yes, it makes it have a, like like a documentary type look, but but that's not a, that's not something you see in Star Wars like hardly ever.
3: Uh
1: not in Rogue One. I, I think you probably we saw it there. But
2: if if it was ever appropriate, I would say Rogue One would be perhaps the only place. Definitely Clone
1: Wars. I I know for sure it was a Clone. You Wars. You mean like the animated series? No, no. Uh, uh, the movie Attack episode of the Clones. Two, episode two when they. When they go to Geonosis, you mean like the battle in Geonosis? It takes, yeah.
2: Perhaps I'd have to go look. Hmm. Perhaps for that scene, I could I could imagine it, but it doesn't seem necessary for this scene. And now that I'm now that Caleb has brought it up, right. and I'm watching the whole duel
0: all over again. Oh god, I'm watching it too. Yes, the
2: camera is constantly floating. Like, oh my god! And now it just cut from the lightsaber scene to back to Tatooine and the camera, it's like the cameraman is running after Riva. Um, yeah, but it's, it's weird, I didn't notice it until you brought it up. Thanks, Caleb. <laughs> yeah,
0: I'm sorry, I'm sorry for bringing it up. Ruin it for everyone. I saw it the whole series the whole time, it was just, I just couldn't understand the choice.
2: <laughs> but, I'm also noticing, as well, in these scenes, these same scenes, how incredibly dark this is, and I, I, and I, remember, oh, yes. and I remember they mentioned it at the time, yeah. and I remember I was say that. it was lobbied even worse at that Particular episode of House of Dragons, which is just as dark, if not darker, this one particular episode. Yeah. And it's weird yeah. because I have just about the best TV you could buy, and I have all the settings completely calibrated the way they're supposed to be. So to see how exceptionally dark
1: this is, um, it's really surprising. It was so dark that I had to have lights on to take notes, right, while I was watching.
3: <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: But the lights were. Oh. Hindering my view of the screen
3: because
1: <laughs> it was so much brighter in the room, mm-hmm. and I get it. it; it heightens the look
2: of the lightsabers. But it's weird because, like, all you, a lot of the fight, all you see is the lightsaber. And I'm, I'm assuming that was an artistic choice, but it's, it's weird.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: With those Riva scenes, were you noticing that weird grain issue that I was mentioning, or is that just yeah my TV?
2: I still have not, but I'm definitely gonna look at that more up close after after this.
1: Well, I, I want to say that. I complained about a lot um, on the Obi-Wan series, uh, including the things that we just talked about. You know, there were a lot of misses, um, but overall, I think I enjoyed this. I was happy with it. Uh, you know, maybe maybe not now after Kim
3: <laughs> talking no. about
1: all the camera work, but um, I, I overall I was happy. Uh, it delivered for what I was wanting. I thought. You know, it was great to see Hayden back. I thought Moses Ingram, I don't know why she got the hate she got. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that that, yeah. that was a conversation Caleb, you, and I had, and we were reviewing. I don't remember what the fuck we were reviewing.
0: <laughs> May have been last but time. But
1: I thought she was great. I, I liked the girl who played Princess Leia. I did not have a problem with if the script was meant for Luke and they, you know, last minute rewrite. Whatever I thought it was fine. I think no matter what this episode was going to be, it was going to trample over uh, previous stuff. It would be very difficult to make the show and not yeah and not have consistency issues or, or uh, what's not that's not consistency. What's word I'm looking for? It's it, it's it's going to have it's going to retcon things no matter what. So I, I don't know. I was I was happy with it. I thought the performances were, were fine. You know yeah there, there's some some maybe some artistic direction that don't make sense but I, I would say overall i was i was happy with it more so than because i was looking more f- well maybe not more but i was looking really forward to Obi Wan, and i was really surprised how poor i mean i think i think boba fett is one of the worst things to come out of new disney well not the worst because the,
0: hmm, the sequel trilogy the was
1: the absolute yeah. rock bottom But Boba Fett should have been an easy home run in it. It, Because I don't feel like that was Boba Fett. Or watching Obi-Wan, I felt like I was watching Obi-Wan.
0: Yeah, and I wouldn't mind discussing that that series because I feel like it has a pretty equal measure of ups and downs. I I don't feel like they're too far off from each other.
2: I'm much closer to Caleb as as far as Boba Fett's concerned versus Steve's take. But that was not Boba Fett in my mind. I
1: agree with that. that That's not Boba Fett. I Was somebody else that was maybe that was maybe that was another person that I agree with that, that. climbed out of the Sarlacc pit, yeah? That was a clone trooper that took on, but bobas. see, I
2: agree with all that. Well, see, but the
0: difference is that's kind of what I like, yeah. Oh, yeah, no, sorry. I agree with
2: exactly what Steve is saying, which is why I was able to accept it. Because if I didn't agree with what Steve said, then I'd have issues. But because I accepted it was metaphorically a new person who stepped out of the pit, yeah, therefore. Those were not my major issues in that in that series.
1: Well, he did keep referencing that he was Boba Fett, so maybe he was trying to convince everybody, "I'm Boba Fett." <laughs> no, really, I'm Boba Fett. Well, yeah, because
2: even other characters were confused in universe, which makes sense.
0: Yeah, and I I always felt uh, at least on film, the Boba Fett character was very ill-defined. Yes. So I kind of like that we are getting a our first real character study is him discovering this new version of himself and trying to be better so i thought that worked for it it was just other concerns that bothered I me
1: yes it, it could have been done better i
2: was yes. oh it definitely could have been done
0: better yeah. yeah
2: but i was on board enough with that
0: yeah but but if we're if we're doing final thoughts because yeah i guess this just running on pretty long i'm i'll say overall i think this is maybe maybe the worst of the disney shows that i've seen i do think maybe Boba Fett edges it out just slightly but I, I don't think that this is like the bottom of the barrel for Star Wars I think this is definitely better than all the sequel films, in my opinion better than all the prequel films and probably better than the Ewok stuff too, if we're counting that and of course the holiday special, so it's it's somewhere in the middle, but it's not uh, it definitely has more issues than positives, I would say so it'd be like a like a 6 out of 10 maybe for me but for you, Eric, your final um, thoughts. Again,
2: I'm mostly in line with what you said. I think you said some things at the end I'm not on board with. Um, but <laughs> mostly, it is by far my least favorite live action series on Disney Plus. It's Star Wars related. Um, and, and yeah, Boba Fett would probably be the next one. But I, I'd much rather watch that again than watch this. Um, and I don't have complete hate for the prequel trilogy. I mean sequel trilogy the way you guys do because I'm still mostly okay with Force awakens and I I can stomach rise so much better than the other one um, and my gosh if I had the Sophie's choice of this and Last Jedi oh my god I don't even know what to say to that because
0: wow that's oh, like really?
2: lose lose I, because because as much as I hate the last Jedi like I really hate that movie. There's a few things I like in it amongst the, sh- the shit. Um, the credits? Yeah. <laughs> but uh, because I've said it time and time again, I was trying to convince my cousin a couple of weeks ago that if you take the sound off and ignore the dialogue and story, if you just watch it on a 4K TV, The Last Jedi still remains... The single best-looking Star Wars imagery, cinematography, to this day, that exists. I'll give it that. Um, But, you know, this was all about the duel. This is all about... I'm interested in in the Kenobi character arc in the grand scheme of things. Mm -hmm. And what happens after this and the Qui-Gon business. But this was a whole... Like, it was... It was all weird filler stuff just to have like these like really short moments of interest. Um, And and they really didn't develop the surrounding stuff well enough to where they should have just had these short tiny vignettes, or they should have brought in someone with more care and a better like scope of idea to to fill out the rest if you're actually gonna do it. It it feels so half-baked. It really feels like a weird cash-in. It really feels like a weird thing that just exists to extend people's subscriptions to hold them over to like the next thing.
1: It worked for me because well, I was getting go. ready to cancel my, I was getting ready to cancel my Disney Plus subscription until they announced this, and they literally announced my subscription is going to run out. I, I don't remember the exact dates, but it was going to run out. Let's say on Monday, they announced this on Sunday, with the the trailer for Obi Wan. I'm like, oh fuck! I'm going. to, oh, I, have to I have to stay on now.
2: And I'm and, and a lot of other people I think did the same thing and I think a lot of there is a segment out there You should have had on Kat from Sci Fi Line because she loved this series um, she just watched it recently herself and she thinks she thought it was really cool um, uh, she thinks Andor is utter shit compared to this. Um, What? She she quit. She quit Uh, like after one or two episodes of Andor. I I think.
1: Well, yeah, the first two episodes are horrible. You need to. Well, well, they're not horrible, but they they're slow.
2: My point is that she loved this series, and then she quit on Andor like on after episode
0: two. Uh, But just for for Obi Wan, I did want to say uh, because we were talking about how rushed it felt, and you guys reminded me when you were talking about that. I'd forgotten about you and McGregor during the time when they were talking about a movie and I remember there was he was constantly trying to get an answer from them and he went to like a like some sort of Star Wars event and publicly asked Kathleen Kennedy like when are we going to do this because he'd been behind the scenes trying to get get her to pay attention but she didn't care and maybe after he kind of held her hostage publicly they were just like okay we need to rush into production because I remember this came out like maybe like a year or so after that it felt like it was really quick so maybe, maybe that's maybe that was the problem. He was just so passionate about it, and they didn't care enough, and they just kind of forced it out.
1: Maybe I, I don't know. It, I mean, I mentioned this when we did our first three episodes. I was looking so forward to the film, and like I had been yeah. anticipating this for so long. So maybe that's part of my why well, I enjoyed this episode or the series more than you two. But um, I mean, definitely rueful. Improvement, but uh, I, I had been watching this and hoping for it for a long time.
0: Well, I'm, I'm glad that you enjoyed it.
1: So maybe, maybe I'm just a fanboy.
0: Well, no, I mean this was this was never really something that I was was up my alley. I was just happy to see you and McGregor back, but I was always like, uh, right. I don't want to see more prequel stuff. So I'm glad that someone who was looking forward to it came way more happy.
1: Well, if you don't like the prequels, I don't think you'll enjoy this. Like you, Caleb. Yeah. Uh, I think it's I think it's a great companion piece for the
2: Mm. I think I think Clone Wars is I I don't I mean it's it's okay okay campaign piece. Um,
0: well, I uh, thank you both for for coming along for this very long uh, unexpected a, Kenobi side trail. Um, and I'm very excited for the next batch, which is, yeah, Andor, and I'm really hoping I can rope Isaac in for that. I think that he would really get a lot of that series, but but if not, I'll be happy to discuss with it with just the two of you. Okay, and uh, and yeah, I guess that's uh, unless you guys have any final things to say, I'll I'll close it down for us for today.
1: Thanks, Caleb. Thanks, Eric. Absolutely, I was so glad to participate.
0: <laughs> wow. Uh, well, well, thanks and peace.
2: It's not me. That's not like a human. That not like a human. That was uh, one of the dogs. <laughs> so, oh my god, it sounds like a
3: person. Just stop it.
1: That's the only thing that's distressing about it. No. And then, so, anyways, he leaves, and then Vader follows him down to the planet. We stop.
0: <laughs> We've all been there. Uh,
1: <laughs> <laughs>